This is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon Junior. The villain, Marty Skell. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open. 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 Busted Wide Open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome everybody to BWO Live, episode number 266 of Busted Wide Open. My name is Nick Howell. And apparently, I just realized this, T-Bar actually really stands for Twitter Boy Always Reckon. Because Dijak's out there murdering stuff on Twitter right now. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and if you didn't know, then yeah, go check it out. Retribution's getting over on Twitter. Just just from the Twitter game alone, I can't believe this. But yes, welcome. Welcome to Busted Wide Open. Now coming to you, if you're watching this live, on Twitch on a Friday night here on the West Coast hey! and on the East Coast of the United States of America. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a change this week, Nick. Here we are live on Twitch, if you're listening to us on the on the podcast later on the on the uh, actual audio version later then yes we we are actually now going on right after smackdown just ended so we are doing we're switching up the show a little bit today we're doing smackdown first to be as timely as possible talking about that because well, stuff happened. We're going home to Clash of Champions, and that's this Sunday. We need to give our pickums for that. We mm-hmm. also we need to talk about AEW and NXT. We had two AEW shows this week. It was a huge week, Nick. Gosh, a so, huge much week. so much and wrestling. We have, to, we have to talk about it all, but we got to do housekeeping first. And then we can get into all of that. Indeed. So, guys, make sure you get into the Discord. You're going to want to be there for the live chat happening Sunday during Clash of Champions. Do not miss out on that. Plus, we also do live chats for every show all throughout the week, uh, every single week. So make sure you head over to Discord. You can find the links to it uh, in the panels down below here on Twitch or across our social media profiles. Uh, make sure you get into the Facebook group as well. You can just search for Busted Wide Open over on Facebook. Like our page. Send us a drawing request. We'll get you right in for fun memes, news stories, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. Subscribe to our channel over at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. And if you'd like to get in on some exclusive rewards to support the show, it is the best way, along with the bits and subs that go on over here on Twitch during the (laughs) live streams. You can head over to Patreon.com slash BWO. Get signed up for uh, one of our exclusive reward tiers over there uh, at the $5 tier you get show notes um, what else is over there? The patron pickups challenge for the big yeah. four pay-per-views in WWE. So we're going to have a defense first time title. We have a brand new champion off si- SummerSlam. We're going to have a brand new one going into Survivor Series as well. And starting October 1st, that will be the home of the audio only version of the, the, the show here. Uh, so if you do want to still listen and, and take on the busted wide open in that way, you can certainly still continue to do so. It'll just cost you a beer. 
for myself or Ian mm. once a month. That's it. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. eight to ten episodes, plus the $10 tier, you can even get a bonus episode every single month. All kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. But Ian, yeah. I think we're going to switch things up tonight a little bit we more. Are. Because oh. not only are we moving from Saturdays to Friday nights now going yes. forward, we're also going to start things off with Friday Night Smackdown. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, indeed. We just had SmackDown happen. This is weird, Nick. We're going up right after SmackDown. It's awesome. It's like it was a pay-per-view or something. Right. I'm still shaking over the final moments of that show, which I have to say, you can take your telenovela stuff that we have on some of these. We're like, well, it's like a telenovela stuff, and and it's really enjoying to watch Ray and and Seth and all of this stuff going on with them. No. The real family drama, the real meat Mm. is on SmackDown. Mm. And they have taken what initially I dismissed as being kind of a cheap way to get heel Roman more heelish, and that was have him face off with his only with his own family member in Jay Uso. And they've made it really compelling. Yes. And I say that fully knowing that, you know, this is this is WWE. This is a very heightened specific kind of drama. But I have to say that for that, they're absolutely killing it. Killing it. On this show, we had Jey Uso come to the ring, call out Roman and say, hey, man, last week after our tag match, when I held up your championship, was like kind of messing around with you, you threw me a look as I was walking away. And it was kind of an intense look. What's up with that? Why don't you come to the ring and talk to him, talk about it? Roman's sitting back in his dressing room with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman and he roll their eyes. Ray Heyman comes out the door and says, uh, no, Roman does what he wants when he wants to on his schedule, not when someone else calls him out. But he'll be out at some point in the show to address that. Okay? Cool. Bye. <laughs> and sure, and Jay's like, all right, I see how it is. Cool, cool. So later on the show, at the end of the show, as a matter of fact, sure enough, out comes Roman Reigns. Crossing pads with Alexa Bliss as he comes out. She's leaving her match. We'll talk about that later because some stuff happening there. There's some stuff happening there. But we'll hang on to that for a second. We'll come back to that because Roman comes out to the ring. And as they're about to get started, Paul Heyman about to fire up his speech. Barely even gets a couple words out. And Jey Uso comes back out and says, aha, caught you. Here you are. Cool. Let's have this out right now. What's your problem with me? And Roman says it very kindly, actually, I have to say. Like very, very like they've known each other all their lives, which they have. He says, that part man, surprised me. The fact that they, he was so calm about it and he didn't get heated. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was appropriate. Like it's he's not going to suddenly go from being, you know, your beloved cousin to this dick stranger overnight. Right. He's going to still have that familiar tie, but he spoke to him as though he would if he were the head of the family and the family was in trouble and was like, "Hey man, I'm trying to maintain stuff here. There's a reason I'm the big dog and you're Jay Uso." Cuz Jay Uso complained about it earlier. He was saying like, "You're always, you know, oh, you're always the big dog. What about me? What about Jay Uso?" As though he's Raven. Uh, And Roman says, well, guess what, man? I am the big dog. I've always run solo. I've always done it this way. You've always been a twin. Now, you are a member of one of the greatest tag teams of this generation, which I'll agree with him on that. Usos are uh, definitely a, a, uh, they're a Hall of Fame team. Uh, He says, you've always been a twin. You've always had your brother have have your back. I've never had that. So I've always had to be the big dog. So I'm at the head of the table. And you're not. You couldn't handle it. You wouldn't know what to do if you got it. That was my so, favorite part. Yeah. You wouldn't know what he's right. to do. 
Exactly. Like what Jay Uso is an extremely talented pro wrestler. He is one of the greatest tag teams of this generation. You know, you might even be able to throw an argument out there for all time. They're a really good tag team. They are. But Jay Uso will never be the face of WWE because he just there just couldn't be the, there's some people that aren't the face of WWE. There's people you can make arguments for. No one's going to make an argument for Jay Uso being the head of WWE. And that's fine. There are people who have had Hall of Fame careers who aren't ever the face of WWE. There's people who are people's favorite wrestlers who are never the face of WWE. But Jey Uso is never going to be the face of WWE. Roman Reigns, however, is and understands what that responsibility is and says, cool, all right, we have that out, awesome, I'm going to leave now. Starts to leave, Jay in the, in the ring starts getting pensive, calls out, well, what if you're wrong? What if I beat your ass on Sunday? Well, well riddle me this, Roman Reigns. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, riddle me this. What if I beat you on Sunday? And it turns out I am the face of WWE. What happens then? And Roman just glowers and walks off. So Jay also kind of like, he kind of jimmies his way up the, up the ramp and is like, yeah, that's right. I told him what, what. And right as he gets to the top of the ramp, out of nowhere, massive Superman punch through the camera, floors him. And Roman gets up in his face as he's lying knocked out on the floor, just fired up, screaming. Roman Reigns, just yelling at him, spitting. This not like, only I do this for you. This not I only this feeds family. your family and my family. This feeds more families than both this, of us and all of this. Uh, my, this yeah. not only feeds my kids, it feeds your kids too. And mm -hmm. brr, I wow, do this for the family. Deep. Yeah, it was. Deep. It was. And it also, I have to say this: they WWE might as well be a promo company. And I mean that they're video promos because the video package oh. for Roman Reigns and Jey Uso that they played on this show tonight where they, they talked to Sika, Afa, Rikishi. They, they brought in all these guys to, to talk about them, uh, them growing up, all these family photos from when they were young. Mm. That was genius. It mm. was so good. It, it contextualized their whole feud. And it set it up so that when this all went down, Roman Reigns was staring at Jey Uso and saying, you will never be the head of the family. You will never be responsible the way that I am responsible. It felt like wrestling Godfather. Yes. I was so into it. Uh, I, I immediately went back and watched They posted it on Twitter right away, and I went back and watched it again. And it, it's so good. And, and we've, we have just put those video packages over constantly here on this show. It's the best thing WWE does. How can you not? Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. Looks like we got a hype train going, so at a certain point, <laughs> I'm going to have to catch up in a minute. Good Lord. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'll catch up on uh, on Cots in just a second. But um, th the thing with Jay is that I am torn with whether it's going to be a squash and Roman's just going <laughs> to put him down or if this is going to be one of those things where Jay actually pushes Roman to a certain limit and makes him do certain things that he normally yes. wouldn't be able to do to a family member. And so, are we going to take Roman to the next level? Yeah. And that's and, and in interviews recently, Roman has been saying, we're going to see a new Roman this Sunday. New music. He says he's going to wrestle with his shirt off. Like, it's going to be a different look Roman Reigns. He's also said that a lot of fans are like fast food fans. They want it and they want it now, but they appreciate when they get a good steak. They just hate waiting for it. And that this storyline is going to evolve and things are going to take time to get there. I want to see Roman devolve into being an even more evil character. And the first step to that 
is to take out a member of his own family. But there should be drama to that. There shouldn't just be a quick squash, one, two, three, we're out. There should be something to this match. It doesn't have to be more than five or seven minutes. Yeah. But you can fit stuff in there where Jay, you know, wants to keep fighting back. He's got a lot of heart, and Roman has to put him down. The alpha dog reestablishing who's the big dog here, right? It's his island. play, Play the metaphor. Sure, right? Who's the chief? He's got a young upstart, uh, you know, family member who's trying to to take over the the chiefdom, and he's gonna say he's gonna say no, 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 no. I'm the one who keeps this tribe alive. I'm gonna take you out. All of, and again, a lot of the trappings they're putting on this, Paul Heyman's putting on this, or whoever. A lot of the trappings of tribes and chieftains and all that kind of stuff, like calling back to the Simone heritage. That's fun window dressing. That actually does it lends flavor. That's that's the that's the that's the little mm, that's the salt we put on the steak there, right? So that's it's all working really well. And when you have a segment like this where everyone's performances are on point, where the the words they're saying are on point, the delivery's on point, um, the violence is sudden and shocking, uh, and it all works together. And Roman Reigns in particular has never been this engaging and. When he was yelling at Jay's face, I was more riveted to what he was doing than anything I've ever been riveted to except for his speech after he beat Undertaker at WrestleMania. It was, it was fantastic. Mm. Heel Roman is best Roman. Here we are. What, what, what even is life? What, what's going on in 2020? Can you remember, going, going back, I remember I cut out a, per, a portion of a show in 2017. One of our early, early episodes, you kind of went on a rant about Vince and, and Roman. And what? You, yes. That man on your microphone stand. I never. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we even did one of our first patron bonus episodes was on the state of the Roman. Sure. If not our that very was, first. It was a very you know, hot topic. A lot of very controversial what they were doing with Roman. It's sure. almost worth revisiting that and either re-listening to it ourselves and just kind of re- But I almost want to see what happens over the course of the next year. We are at a point where Bailey has the championship for 400 days. We've seen Asuka... And Shayna Baszler both have very, very long championship reigns in the women's division. Uh, We've seen Adam Cole have ridiculous... I think Roman Reigns is going to have this championship for a very long time. (laughs) Because, one, it's finally working. It's connecting in ways that they never were able to before. And, frankly, who else is around right now outside of maybe Bray Wyatt and The Fiend? That could take it on. Well, that's another discussion topic for later. But we'll save that. Yeah. We'll save that. We'll save that. So I, I'm I'm looking at Roman here, going. I agree with you. This is best Roman. This is the best yeah. we've ever seen Roman Reigns. And yeah, I just let him run with it. If you listen to our our Raw rundown on our very last show, we we eviscerated Raw. It was awful. we eviscerated. It was it was because it was an awful show. And when when WWE is awful, it's painful to watch, and it's it's you know it, it makes it hard for us. But we want things to be good. Yeah. This was good. We're going to call it out when it's good. This was fantastic. I want to I want to bottle this up. I want to sell it. I mean like this this is what this is what it should be. This is what's the metric, right? What were we saying on Monday is is you want to watch wrestling where if a friend or a family member walks into the room who doesn't watch wrestling, you're not embarrassed to be watching it. You're right. like, "Check this out." You could show this whole like sequence of Jay and Roman and the and the clip and everything to anybody who even if they don't watch wrestling and they'd be like, they would get it. They'd be like, "Oh, Okay. Yeah, who's this right. big jack dude with wet hair and this giant title belt on but his they, shoulder? But they would see the family drama and get why people would were into it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So. Before we move on, let me catch up real quick. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Lots of catching up. Oh, we're up 
Oh, let's see. I got to go all the way back to the beginning. <laughs> Jacob with a gifted <laughs> sub to Dieter five two six eight. Thank you very much, Jacob and Dieter. Make sure you thank, thank you, Jacob, for that gifted sub. Will James with the hundred bits said when Oos said, "Which one are you?" I fired all the way up. Yeah, mm. uh, and I what I think. Oh God. So they said, what's the thing they normally always ask you? Which one are you? In my head, I went, where's Jimmy? Because yeah. even Roman has asked, has made a call to the fact that he's yeah. nothing without Jimmy, right? That was a great line from Jay. Yeah, it, was it was a great line from Jay. It's like, yeah, you were always the big dog. For me, it was always, which one are you? Yeah, exactly. Ooh, good stuff. Uh, Nicholas Yates with 100 bits. Thank you, sir. It's a very believable promo. You could feel the passion and feel where he was coming mm. from. Agreed. Yeah. Amen. Agreed. Uh, Costanza with 100 bits said, I love when they do storylines that are based in reality. Yes, totally. And the family drama is about the best there is when it comes to that kind of stuff, especially in this giant Samoan family that goes all the way back as far as it does. Well, especially when it doesn't feel exploitative. Sometimes they do right. stuff that's based in reality that's exploiting reality, um, like when Ric Flair's son died. Um, or bringing that back up with Charlotte, like there's been some stuff that's just been horrifically bad, or you know any alcoholism storyline. Sure. Look at Jeff Hardy. Yeah, I don't like it when they do it then, but if they do it here, where they where they take real life stuff and they they weave it in the storyline where it doesn't feel exploitative, but it's it it just gives it that extra oomph. Agreed. Yeah, it's fantastic, especially when everyone's completely 100 percent by it right. behind it, like they are here. Right. Jesse with 100 bits for the hype train. Thank you very Thank much, you. Jesse. Uh, Will again with the 100 bits said swollen reigns. Yeah, glad to see him so fired up because he usually is the calm kind of guy. Yeah, me too, definitely. His arms were terrifying when he was standing over Jay there at the end. Yeah, there's that picture Woo! of him posing, Action curling a bicep arms. or something on Twitter. That yeah, I I can't wait to see what he. I want to hear what the new music sounds like as well. Uh, but at the same time, I want to see I want to see him without the tack vest on. That's what I'm really looking forward mm -hmm. to. We've been watching the tack vest for seven years. Seven years <laughs> longer hernia, than that. It's hernia belt. 2012. <laughs> hernia belt. We'll yeah. see if that actually happens. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jesse with 500 bits in for the hype train. Ooh, thank thank you, you very much, Jess. Uh, and Costanza with another 100 bits for the hype train. Says choo choo. Uh, Jesse also gifted a tier one sub to Trans Zombie. Thank you very much, Jesse. And Trans nice. makes sure welcome. You... I believe Trans Zombie's first live show. So yeah, welcome. welcome aboard. Welcome. Uh, and last here, Dieter with 200 bits in for the hype train. Guys, thank you very much for making that awesome. Mm. Uh, if you guys would like to get in, this is the, the best time of the year to get your subs in because you can get up to 30% off on those subs. Thank you to Twitch for all of that. It is September here for the next oh, few God. days. <laughs> womp womp. Uh, anyway, all right, so we got a lot more to talk about. Where are we going from here? We sure do because we also talk about the Intercontinental Championship, which opened the show. Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn, and uh, I have Jeff Hardy here twice for some reason in my notes, but I'm <laughs> AJ, AJ Styles. Styles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the three of them come out. AJ is the recent champion. He lost it to Jeff Hardy when Jeff hit him in the head with his uh, knee brace, which accidental con incidental contact, but AJ says it was cheating. Sami Zayn never relinquished the belt. He actually was out for six months because he didn't want to come in and work because of COVID. Uh, so they stripped him and gave it to a to whoever won a championship tournament, which AJ won. He then lost it to Jeff Hardy. So that's where we are standing here. Sami Zayn says he's the real IC title holder. Jeff Hardy actually holds the title, and AJ Styles is the disgruntled guy who held it last. So we had a little ceremony where Jeff and uh, Sammy put their belts on the little belt hanger thing that they use for the ladder matches, and it elevated up into the ceiling after a whole bunch of jaw jacking between all of them. And at the end of it, Sammy, was, who wasn't happy with any of this goings-ons, grabbed a ladder and threw it both into AJ and Jeff at the same time and then laughed and walked away, only to be met at the top of the ramp by Adam Pearce, 
who said, no, 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 Sammy, if you want to start a fight, you got to go back down there and finish it. We're going to have a triple threat right now for between the three of you guys because why why not? Why wait till Sunday? Let's yeah. do that right now. Let's just blow it all out right now. Why, yeah. why wait till the, the same, pay-per-view? We're in the same match on Sunday just with ladders. And they wouldn't have had like a 15, 17-minute match. It was a huge, and it was it was good. It was all with these three guys. You have to imagine that it would be, but it's why give away a triple threat when we're gonna have the same match on Sunday only with ladders. Yeah, seemed crazy. It's, it just seemed absolutely crazy. seemed crazy to me. I I don't understand why. I don't understand why. I, I think I do. I think I think I understand what's going on in their heads that they want to promote the pay per view. But guys, you, it's it's all on the network now. You don't you don't have to promote pay per view buys anymore. Right. It's. I don't understand why you keep doing the pay-per-view by t- promotion style of matches like this when everybody's just getting the... Are you trying to get people to sign up for the network using this setup of the match? That's or what I perhaps don't they were trying to set up a swerve for the finish of the match because we did have, uh, at the end of this, uh, AJ Styles gave Jeff Hardy a nice phenomenal forearm, but Sami Zayn rolled AJ out of the ring to pick up the pin. Sami Zayn winning this match, but then getting beaten down. AJ Styles climbing a ladder, grabbing both belts and standing tall. So... That kind of throws everything up in the air in terms of who's winning this. Oh, AJ's um, winning. So it, okay, Mister Certainty. But uh, yeah, so this th- this throws things up in the air a little bit. I think that that the finish of this match definitely makes people wonder. Hey, well, well, who's going to win on Sunday? We have no idea now. So it and also it kills about twenty minutes of your show. Yes, with three extremely talented people working a great match. It was a lot so, of fun to watch. I, I won't lie. It, it was. But the, the other question I have here is, so I'm, I'm a Sami Zayn dude. I would love to see him come back and win this title because I personally think that as the guy who has been made out to seem like the most illegitimate of the three, and he's a guy, he's as the heel character that he is, he doesn't win much. He can, he can toe-to-toe in a match, but ultimately he's going to lose for the most part, right? Um... I think he'd be the most interesting person to put this title on after this match because if you put it on an AJ, you're back to square one. Yeah. If you leave it on Jeff Hardy, then nothing's changed. But if you put it on Sami Zayn, he's there's a million promos he can cut off of this. You've still got a disgruntled AJ Styles sitting there. You now have a disgruntled Jeff Hardy wanting to win his title back. There's a lot more to be done with a Sami Zayn champion. Not to say there's nothing to be done with an AJ or, or Jeff Hardy champion. It's just not as exciting. Yeah, that's just my perception of it. I don't know what you think about that. No, I, I think you make, you make a really good point. It, do we do we keep doing the same things that we're doing or that we've been doing for the last few months? Uh, the whole idea with AJ fighting for the vacant title and all of that. I mean, this there's all kinds of stuff that we could go to with any of these guys. It's really just a matter of how do they want to book it, uh, and and all three of these guys could end up with it. Uh, that's where I'm torn with this match is because I could see all, any all or all three of them with the match uh, or with the belt, sorry. And, and we could go in a certain direction as far as which who was going to face who and which story we were going to tell. But I tend to agree with you. Sammy does have the best outcome uh, and potentials and things like that of, of what could happen if he were to win. Mm-hmm. AJ, I think, I guess is the better... Sp- uh, yeah, but Sammy is also really good. I don't know. It, you're making me. T- you're making me second guess myself. This is going to be the. the I, th- I think this is going to be the match of the Sunday. Oh, totally. I, I, if it's if it's not, I'll be disappointed oh. because it, it's it's three three insanely talented guys. And I, it's got to be. I know he said it on Twitter that he is, but I mean, he really genuinely does have to be excited. Sammy Zayn has to be psyched to get in the ring with these two guys, who are you know ladder match gods. Uh, and and I think work a style that's really the three of them are just going to work so well together. Where they really take the the <laughs> the leash off and really go on Sunday. Right. So 
Let me catch uh, up real quick. Nicholas Yates with yeah. 400 bits. Thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate that. Uh, Transomby with 100 bits says, I'm with Nick. It's going to be a phenomenal ladder match. Ooh, I see what you did there. Hey. I see what you did there. Agreeing with, agreeing with the old Nickster, I see. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we're caught up. Excellent, because we got to talk about Matt Riddle and King Corbin. Yes, we have to. Uh, that being said, it wasn't as terrible. Much as it, it was actually a really good match. Good. I wanted to hate it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I went into it. I was like, oh, God, Corbin and Riddle again. We just saw this on payback. Isn't that enough? But then they went and had a really made a really good match out of this. Very at the end, they had me up and excited and interested. Yep. They uh, it Cor- took me Corbin for- throwing those golden glove boxer fists around. Oh, Riddle comes over the top rope and Corbin just right in the jaw as he comes through was a thing of beauty. I gotta say, man, the last third of this match, they did a great job building it up from an opening where I just, I mean, Riddle came out hot at the, at the top and I was like, okay, cool, whatever, let me settle in on this one. And then by the end, I was actually like, this is. This is good stuff. We've got AR exciting. slides now too floating over the over the crowd as on Riddle's entrance. First time <sighs> I had seen that. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, but at the end of the whole thing, Riddle could not get the job done and ultimately ate an end of days. Yep. Straight up. One, two, three, lost clean as a whistle. Corbin hit him with all his stuff, all his fists. Hit him with everything. Uh, deep six and an end of days. Ate, ate them huh. all clean. Mm. And and that's interesting because the whole point was Corbin was going to break in Riddle, show him what the hierarchy was, and once he beat him down, then Riddle would know his place, right? That was the theory behind Corbin's whole thing here. Um, and Riddle did beat him, so I guess he stood up to Corbin, but the end of the whole thing, Corbin's winning now, Pro- provided we don't see this continue, which we didn't want to continue after payback, but yet they continued it. And then now it looks like it's ending here, with Riddle leaving with an interview where he was pissed off and was like, yeah, I, I, losing sucks. Yeah. Uh, but I got to pick myself up, dust myself off, and, and make this the bro show. Okay. Noise speech. But at the end of the day, you just lost straight up to Baron Corbin, a guy who loses matches on the regular. You know, he, he's, he's the gatekeeper to the upper echelon. Yeah. And Matt Riddle's just been put in his place right there in the mid-card, essentially. Yep. Is this a sign that WWE's souring a bit on Matt Riddle? Mm, I hope not. I, I see pyro. I see big lights. I see AR slides. I think it, may, it might be a little bit of a, a pause and wait until, hmm, I don't know, there's a certain intercontinental title match that happens on Sunday and we get an outcome and we slot Riddle into that. Because he does have that win over AJ Styles, yeah, that's, that's that would be a better outcome than then than them continuing this feud later and having Riddle say, "Okay, I've picked myself up, I've dusted myself off, I'm going to go back after Corbin and get him this time." Yep. Because I think this is a little long in the teeth. I like the idea of them knocking him down to build him back up, but at the same time, like unless they are getting cold feet, I guess on Riddle, they're going to have to do something after this. Yeah, because this definitely, I think, established a ceiling for him. I agree. I agree. So, any catching up, or are we? Are no, we we're, good we're good. Fantastic. Then let's talk about Shinsuke Nakamura facing off with Grand Metalik in advance of their match, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro versus Lucha House Party on Sunday. Not much to talk about here. Nakamura won straight up. Kinshasa, boom, one, two, three. After the match, Lucha House Party more pushing and shoving. They're not happy with each other. Uh, this time it was Lince pushing Kalisto because he wouldn't get involved and help with the beatdown afterwards. So they're still on the wrong page. This is the only story here. The only story with Cesaro and Nakamura is they can't beat the Street Profits, and they're not even mentioning that. 
I actually uh, so, thought Lindsay was going to unmask here because he had he did this thing where he, he was reaching behind his head, and I went, oh, I had that moment of is is he going to unmask? Oh my god! I, yeah. I I do think we're headed towards something. Hopefully, with Lindsay and Kalisto, I just don't know how excited I'm actually I actually am about that. Yeah, I'm not exactly really excited about this at all because it feels like Nakamura and Cesaro are there just to win and cause the Lucha House Party to break up. And if they have something else in mind, I'm very curious to see what it is because that's the only interesting thing about this whole angle. You've already had Nakamura and Cesaro be damaged by losing to Street Profits on another brand. Right Now they're going to come back and face off against a, a tag team or you know trifecta that are splintered at best. If Lucha House Party does beat them on Sunday, that's just a nail in a coffin. Right. Split them up and get them back to singles because it's just, it's call it, it's dead. It's dead right. in the water. But, you know, I, I would assume they beat them on Sunday and then some more drama happens with Lucha House Party. But if Lucha House Party, do enough people care about that at this point? No, because they, you punked them into irrelevance. Yeah, right. It's, so many times. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing. There is a rumor that Forgotten Sons are coming back at some point. Sooner rather than later. Yeah, uh, I, I did see... Ja no, I saw Jackson tweet something about that so, earlier this week. So, uh, yeah. forgotten no you're more. Still, you're still looking at Jackson's tweets? You're a brave man. I do. <laughs> but, uh, the, but so may, could they factor into this? Maybe. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't know what they're planning on here with the Lucha House Party. And I, I'm trying to care. Yeah, I hear you. I care a whole lot more about Lacey Evans and Alexa Bliss. I'll tell you that, which was a match that we had tonight, stemming mm. off of the fact that Alexa Bliss gave Lacey a nasty-looking uh, Sister Abigail while in a trance last week. Uh, and so Lacey wanted a match, and so during this match, she took apart Alexa Bliss. Just beat the crap out of her. Even had her, like, ma like grabbed her face and made her mouth, I quit, at one point in the match. <laughs> that was a nice touch. Until we started hearing the Fiend laughing over the loudspeakers. And then the lights go all wonky. Well, actually, then we and, went to commercial. Well, <laughs> right. Cause Bravo, why, why, guys. Why keep the drama and suspense right. going? No. Uh, but then the lights go all funky, and Alexa goes psycho. The Ooh. switch flips. Mrs. Hyde comes out. She goes banana. And she beats the absolute crap out of Lacey Evans, stomping her into the ground until the ref calls the match. And then Alexa drags her outside the ring, gives her, her another sister, Abigail, and gets back in the ring and stares into hard cam all the way through your soul into the dark dimension uh, with her hair akimbo and one big pink dreadlock hanging out of her hair. I don't, there's not a hairdresser in the back who could have made her look more rumpled and just uh, insane at this moment than her natural hair after this physical match with Lacey Evans. I felt unsettled. It was, it was Perfect, yeah. a perfect visual uh, for what they're trying to accomplish here with, with, with her. If they're trying to make her look unhinged and insane, mission accomplished. She looked insane. And it was but also one-upped by the fact that as she was walking up the ramp exactly. to her music, Roman's music hits. He walks out with Paul Heyman in the, ch the championship on his shoulder and as Alexa Bliss is walking by, Roman and Paul stop at the top of the ramp, and they mm. brilliantly cut the shot to sort of see uh, over his shoulder, and Alexa Bliss yeah. just giving him, just the, again, staring into his soul. 
I got to call out whoever that cameraman was at the top of the ramp because there was two, sh- there was like three Ooh. shots in the show that he caught that were just phenomenal. Roman and Paul with, with Jay back off in the ring. Uh, this one here with Alexa, Roman, and, and Paul. And then when uh, there's the, everything with Roman and Jay, yeah. like giving that space so Roman could come with the Superman punch, you couldn't see him. That camera at the top of the ramp, give him a raise. Yep. Give that boy a raise. Because, yes, and Alexa did look absolutely disturbed and insane. I'm very curious what they have up their sleeve with that fiend and Alexa and Roman storyline there. More seeds planted. I love it. I love when they do that. That's good stuff. Let me do some call-outs real quick. I'm going to start with Will James because he says Alexa's sister Abigail is super clean, especially for someone that's much bigger than her like Lacey. It it looks amazing. It actually looks really, really good. Thank you for the 100 bits, Will. Uh, let's see. Where are we going? Uh, Trans Zombie gifted a tier one sub yeah. to DJ Butters. Butters nice. Butters, you're a sub now. What's up, Butters? <laughs> yeah. What's up, Butters? <laughs> thank you very much, Trans Zombie, for the gifted sub. Butters, make sure you thank Trans Zombie for, his, for your gifted sub. Indeed. Uh, Clint, oh, goodness. We had a, a Nick Guard 1 sighting. Clint ordered two items from the merch store bwo logo Thanks. mug and a bwo logo sticker thank you very much clint enjoy thank that very much. be sure yes. to post uh, pictures in the discord or it's on good time Facebook. of year to be getting a nice warm coffee mug it is it's a, it's the most wonderful, wonderful time of the, of the year. year and by that i mean halloween time yes mm. falling for fall Thank you very much, Clint. Uh, next up, Costanza with 100 bits said Alexa is both on fire and confusing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I see where you get there, but I'm here for it, man. I, I'm digging yeah. exactly everything that they're doing with Alexa Bliss. And if I, I went back to the to... Swamp yeah. Match, it, let, yeah. d- dear future or dear past Nick, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Don't well. The swamp match is is kind of weird. We know, but the Alexa Bliss thing is going to pay the off. The swamp match definitely was not the best thing that <laughs> WWE's done this year, but it had some good stuff in it. And it I will say this: When was the last time we were able to say the word foreshadowing in relation to WWE with a straight face? Exactly. Exactly. And and have it be legitimate. Uh, Crazy. I'd, I'd really have to think about that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> A trans zombie with 100 bits uh, through Alexa Bliss became Nikki Cross. I'm here for it. Can't wait to see where they go. With and that's Nikki a good point. Alexa. Exactly. That's they a really switched, good they point. gimmicks. Oh, my God. That's meta. <laughs> <laughs> good Lord. Thank you very much, guys. Really appreciate all the support. Um, what is there anything else to say about Alexa and what's going on there? What do you, what are you thinking is actually going to happen here? Are they actually literally going to name her or say that she's infested with the the spirit of Sister Abigail Ooh. or something like that? I like it. I like the word infested. Yes, yes. She has been mentally impregnated with Sister <laughs> Abigail. Huh, uh, I don't know what happens right away, but I do know that Bailey did come out. And gave another seated promo. She got, brought that chair with her that she used to to nearly end Sasha Banks's career. Ooh, Bailey, you heal. She came out and said, "That's right, I beat up Sasha, and I do it again, just like I'm going to beat up Nikki Cross this Sunday because I did it before." She says, "I had Sasha helping me last time. I don't need Sasha, and I'm going to prove it this Sunday because I'm going to beat up Nikki without Sasha there and prove how useless Sasha was to me." Okay, good point. Great, thank you. Great. Uh, the question is, does Alexa figure into Nikki's finish here. Is she the one that actually costs Nikki the match? Because otherwise it's just going to be Nikki versus Bailey part three. Nikki lies down for Bailey. Right. Which is not exciting at all. In fact, 
the only thing exciting about Nikki versus Bailey because Bailey is so obviously still wrapped up in Sasha. It's just going to be an afterthought unless you have Alexa come in and get involved in this somehow. Or and, Nikki and, take and, the title and, off, Sasha and Bailey go do their thing, and we find a way to have Nikki and Alexa feud over the championship. I, that will Nick. I, I know I should never say never on this show, but that will never happen. Okay. All right. The literally the whole point of Sasha is saying, I'm going to come back and take the thing that's most valuable to you, and that's your SmackDown Women's Championship. So having Nikki come and take the most valuable thing from, from Bailey at this point would just make that irrelevant. That's a good point. That I'm just throwing that out there. That's a good point. Uh, it also it would make Otis more relevant to lose his Money in the Bank briefcase, but it looks like that's what's happening. Miz was there, was there with Morrison taunting Otis and Tucker again, trying to get him to uh, give them his uh, his Money in the Bank champion his Money in the Bank briefcase on the contract held therein, along with all the sandwiches and half-eaten apples. But Otis didn't want to do it, even though Miz says, "I'm going to sue you out of the contract, out of your car, out of your home, out of the double wide your mom lives in." Oh. Otis tried to jump. I wonder in if she's neighbors with uh, with Roderick Strong's family. Oh Jesus! Oh, <sighs> hello. I'm gonna tell Roderick everything that you said about That's him. That's fine. Man. He's I'm like five him. six. I don't care. He could bench press you at five six. Whatever. I'm just gonna say that he could. <laughs> that dude's a tank at five six. He could outrun any, me. He could definitely outrun you. Yeah. He could put you in a hold that would make you pass out. Yes, I agree. How about that? Yeah, one one, uh, one one fall onto the onto his knee and I'm done. One back one breaker, I'm done. One forearm and you're going to explode into dust like Thanos snapped his fingers. Anyway, my point is is that Miz and Morrison are trying to get this contract from Otis and Otis is now saying he's going to put it up in a match. I think this is brilliant because as you said earlier, Roman Reigns shouldn't be losing that title anytime soon and especially not dropping it to Otis. Otis should not be attempting to get the title off of Roman and losing and becoming another person who cashed in and failed. He shouldn't. He should be protected. Mm, you can protect him. I have by one contingency lose. where I disagree with that. Go on. Where we would need to get some. Let's get to nuclear heat level with Roman Reigns, and then have Otis cash in, and it just be a sort of embarrassing beatdown. I hate that for Otis, but the payoff of of putting all of that like who's who's more over right now on SmackDown. Than Otis. Why would you do that when you can protect Otis by having him lose the the because they're not going to the do anything with him in, in a scurrilous in a scurrilous way because they're not going to do anything have with Miz him. go out there and get murdered by Roman Reigns, which everyone's going to love, and also it's going to still make Roman look like a badass. All right, I'm down for that too. Okay, I want heel. Miz, I want big time heel Otis. singles Miz back. I want him to go back after. I want that back. Damn it. Well, we did, see, we did see Morrison look at him kind of sideways when he realized that his name wasn't on that contract mm -hmm. as well, that Miz was doing it just for himself. So maybe that's coming. Maybe they're breaking up Miz and Morrison at some point because Lord knows they need less tag teams on SmackDown. <laughs> but, uh, Never you know, should Nick, have been a team in the first place, but okay. Ay, ay, ay. But, but at this point, they need them. They're just not being used in the tag division. Right. <laughs> neither, are, neither are heavy machinery. Right, right. Good grief. But, Nick, as you said, you have some thoughts about what's going to go down this Sunday. So let's actually kick over from SmackDown. And right now, let's, let's, let's put pen to paper and let's make sure that we give our Clash of Champions pick -em. So it's looking like that we're going to have, maybe on the pre-show, 
Asuka versus Zelina Vega for the Raw Women's Championship. Is this possible? I believe it's promoted as so. Is as this such, possible yeah. that Asuka is going to have a championship match on the pre-show? <laughs> it's been a while since it's happened, but yes, here we are again. I can see no other match that should go on the pre-show. No, I, I, I the women's tag match. I'm sorry. It's it's I, I just... except that the heels are going to win that. And they want, I think they typically want a baby face to win on yeah. the pre-show. Asuka's going to beat the crap out of Selena Vega, which is my first pick of the of the pickums here. I am taking Asuka to retain here. Sure, I can't course. imagine that you're not going to pick the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah, it just, and that screams pre-show match. It's Zelina Vega is, you know, and obviously, you know, all respect to Selena Vega, but her character and just where the storyline is at, it's not a main part of the show kind of match. You know what I mean? So if they're yeah. going to have this match that's kind of thrown together, just put on the pre-show. It's fine. Man, this, and that way you can be say a long that you had a pay-per-view, guys. <laughs> if that's what we're that starting you can out say with. We had, we had all the titles defended. We even defended the Raw Women's Championship. Okay, yay. Okay. Uh, what about Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro versus Lucha House Party for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships? Yeah, they're retaining. Shinsuke Retain. and Cesaro. Yeah. Hopefully this is the... This is the the thing where everything blows up for Lucha House Party. I'd love to see Grand Metalik go off and fight for the Intercontinental. Uh, he's been having if, some matches. So. He's already done it once. If if they do not break up Lucha House Party, if they just have them like squabble at the end of this match, if no one like turns and does a full on beatdown at the end of this match, right. and just Shinsuke and Cesaro win and they just leave, we riot. I'm yeah. I'm gonna burn something. <laughs> On our on a recap show, I'm gonna I will I will burn something right here on my desk. I will set something on fire, and I will burn it right here. I don't know what yet, but it will be something to do with WWE. Yeah, because I'll be so mad. Please, please don't uh, burn your house just, down. Just why would you even have anything? Yeah, I don't. Street know. Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza in the other will they or won't they squabble match? It's like they had the same. It's almost like they have the exact same. Wait, so you have a tag team? Who's the champions? And then you have a Latino tag team who are squabbling and they can't quite get along, but they're on and again, off again, if they're squabbling or not. And you finally get them a tag team match. Only, only wait, they've had multiple tag team matches against this championship team and they haven't won any of them, but you have them doing it again. Are you seeing a pattern here, Nick? That works for both of those. Isn't that crazy? Funny how that works. Right. <laughs> Street Profits versus Andrade, Angel Garza. The only difference here, Nick, I'm going to give my pick on this right now. I think this is where they pull the trigger on Andrade, Angel Garza. I think this is this is where they've got, they have to put it on them mm. here. Uh, otherwise, because they've had this damn feud over and over. And remember, we had multiple tag teams vying for this on Monday. Yeah. And Andrade and Angel were the least interesting tag team in this. And yet they were the ones that won. If you don't strap them here, just put, take them out back and put a bullet in their head like they're a horse with a bad leg. It's done. Monster. It's over. I'm just saying. I, it's, it's I will another one where I'm like, you've got to have. And plus, I'm looking down this. There's very few titles I think that are going to change hands. You have to have some titles change hands. This is one I want to see change hands. For the love of God. Street profits retain. Oh, Nick, Nick, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of you. You know I'm right. I don't want you to be right. I, that's, I don't, I I don't want to be right. I, I want some drama. I want, I want some titles changing hands. 
Well, speaking of drama and titles changing hands, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax versus the Riot Squad. Oh, wait. Damn. Uh, <laughs> which, so, <laughs> how about these titles? These changing hands? No. No. Yeah, I'm afraid I agree with you here, too. I think this is one where there's there's just... This just there's no way they're taking it off of them. Yep. Even though the the faces have been beaten down a lot recently, I don't see any way they're taking off of Shayna and Nia this quickly until they define them a little bit more. I, I agree. There's there's no reason to take it off of them because there's nowhere for them to go because they've messed that all up too. And except, except unless it's at each other, Shayna could go right back to Oscar if they slow up this tag team. Yeah, and I'm wondering if that's what they've been waiting for. If that's been what's I don't give Vince enough credit for booking that far in advance. But uh, if if they wanted to get if Zelina is a bit of a placeholder, sorry Zelina, to to hold Oscar over until they can sort of split up her and Nia, so that Shayna can go back. I if we don't get Shayna and Oscar this year, <laughs> we riot. I wonder if that would be a good WrestleMania. Like, I don't think the main roster, I don't think Vince cares enough about Shayna to do it, but you could build a shayna Oscar WrestleMania match. Yes, you could. I, I think. That's my opinion. But I've, I don't share the opinion with Vince, and Vince is the one who calls the shots. And the question here is, does Vince see more equity in Shayna and Nia being a tag team, or does he see more equity in them being singles and Shayna going after Asuka? And I hate to say it, I don't think Vince takes the Riot Squad seriously, even though I think they'd be more interesting to go th between all the brands and defend these tag belts, including NXT. I think they'd be a great team to send back down to NXT. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Vince sees that. And I'm, I'm making my pick for Shayna and Nia based on my pessimism about what Vince sees in Shayna and also, to some extent, Nia. And also what he thinks is an upside in this kind of oddball pairing. I think he sees more equity in that than putting the titles on Riot Squad, which I think you could actually make more interesting uh, than on surf. On, it would appear on the surface. And I think you have better matches with Shayna and Asuka or even Nia and Asuka than you would if you kept them as a tag team. I just don't think Vince sees that. And this is going to be the proof in the pudding. If Riot Squad wins here, even though I didn't pick it, I'm going to be happier because that means that someone back there sees more equity in that and that's the right, in my opinion, decision. I agree. I, everything so. you said, I still think they're retaining. I, part of me Same. wonders, are, is, is Vince saving, sh with, with, the, with the revelation that um, uh, COVID happening earlier, because Shayna got herself over to Elimination Chamber, if you guys have forgotten, choking out like half the, half the match. All she freaked it, everybody it, out. It just, it Including Asuka. Right. And, and we were all just like, <gasps> Shayna, Asuka, oh, yes. What did what, you say, Nick? Monstro. So uh, I'm wondering if, if Vince is somehow holding Shayna back until Becky comes back. Probably sometime December, January, potentially. What did you just say? Becky? Yeah. She's having a kid, Nick. I know, but she might come back. But she's going to pop it out and come right back to wrestling? I, I, don't, I don't know That's how that works. That's not how it works, I don't dude. have any children. I, I, I Obviously. Yeah. Neither do I, but I even know that. Okay. You know, it's like, oh, there's my kid. Time to go back and, and get a three count. One, two, hey. I'm wondering if he's saving Shayna for Becky. Um, I'm wondering if, if that's going to come next year after the Rumble, you know, heading in. I don't think Becky's going to miss WrestleMania. I think Becky's going to miss WrestleMania. She might have an appearance. What? Okay. Wow. The kid's coming in December. All right. That's three months. The kid will be three months old. 
I don't think we see Becky till SummerSlam at the earliest. Hmm. We might see an appearance at WrestleMania. I might take that bet. All right. Anyway, right. uh, I want to I see Shayna as a, a, a singles monster again. Yeah. We're doing pickups for the show. We're not doing pickups on when Becky Lynch is freaking coming yeah, back. Sorry. Let's talk about Bobby Lashley and Apollo Crews for the U.S. Championship. Uh, this is a tough one. I think this is probably the toughest one to pick on the card. Agreed. Uh, this is, in my opinion, nearly a coin flip, and it's just a matter of if they want to keep the heat on the hurt business or if they want to give something to Apollo here. I think he gets it back. Right, I'll pick Apollo. He's got to get it back, got man. To. If he doesn't get it back here, just another one. Put a fork in him. And so he's goes done. Ricochet as well if Apollo yeah. goes down. Cause he, right, because Ricochet is now kind of tagging along with Apollo. Right. So, yeah, I, think, I feel like you have to put it back on Apollo. I just don't know if they will. Um, I, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to even say that, honestly. Just because we've, we've agreed so much um, so far. In fact, we, well, except for the Street Profits and Andrade and Angel. I'm going to take Bobby here. Yeah. I'm going to take Lashley. Again, like you said, it's coin flip. Coin flip. So we'll be on the other side of the coin. I'll just be right. Bailey versus Nikki Cross for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, is there any question here? I think I, I think I made my point earlier about why Bailey's retaining here, so I'm going to put myself down for Bailey. But do you have any qualms, or are you going for Bailey as well? This is my this is my crazy flyer one. I think Nikki, oh, I think no. Nikki Cross is going to figure out how to get one over on Bailey. Look, just finally. because she's named Nick. E does not mean you have to pick her. No, I, I've been high on Nikki Cross since she was having all those matches previously with Bailey. She got a couple. She got close a couple of times. Bailey had to get dirty. Yeah, there, there's been opportunities, and I think this might be the one where she does do it, and we does end up with Sasha Bailey and Foster. Yeah, does that's Sasha what I'm thinking Coster. too. Uh, you don't think it's too soon for Sasha to come back and with her neck brace? No. No. Nah. Okay. Nah. Interesting. All she can do. All she could do. Nikki is infamous for the surprise roll up. <laughs> right I think everyone in WWE has done that at least once alright Nick you're going out on a limb with that one what about yep. the big confuser Sami Zayn versus Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles for the Intercontinental Championship and a ladder match the one, the one match I'm really looking forward to on the show although I am looking forward to what they're doing with Roman Reigns and Jay and Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton. Damn it! Okay, the top of this match is the top of this card is actually gonna be pretty good. Everything in uh, me agrees with what you said earlier about Sami Zayn and it being the most yeah. interesting outcome, I, I, I've i got to pick AJ Styles, though. I, I just think he is... Uh, it, there's more to him. He has a better roster of competitors, you know, a rogues gallery of sorts of people that can come after him for the title sure. and Matt Riddle and Grand so Metal you're League. You're saying go and, back to re reset the status quo. Yeah, I'm saying we, we go we back get... to zero. Maybe he feuds with Sami a little bit. Jeff, I think, feels like he might be done. Lawyer uh, abyss, like, telling him who his next match is going to be. There you go. I'd be I'd be into it just for that. Yeah. I'm actually going to pick AJ too, oh. not because I want AJ to win, but because it does seem the most logical. Unless I mean, I could see Jeff. It's a three-sided coin flip, really. But I do think that I, I I could argue for any of them. But I I'm going to go for AJ just to. I'll rock the boat on other ones. I'm not rocking the boat on this one. Yeah. Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso. So, why, Nick, why are you picking Jey Uso to win the Universal Championship? I am That's not. <laughs> <laughs> In no way, shape, or form am I. Now, what would be. What, could Jimmy come back and screw him over and he somehow wins and Roman Reigns no. is just undone? No, that's not happening. It said never to make a certainty on the show. I am 100% certain. Roman Reigns is retaining his championship at Class of Champions. It is about as close to a sure thing as you're ever going to get in wrestling. Unless the, the, the sky falls and the roof of the Thunderdome collapses on the arena, 
Roman Reigns is retaining his championship. Unless Vince McMahon has a heart attack and dies in the middle of the ring. And even then, even then the show might go on and Roman Reigns will retain his universal championship. That's it. It's, he's retaining. Period. It's not the first time that I've been a year early on a call. Uh, if you guys might remember last year, right around this time when uh, SmackDown was about to move to Fox, we, you and I were both agreeing in the summer last year that Roman Reigns was going to be the one to carry the title onto Fox, onto SmackDown. Yeah. Here we are, a year later. Roman Reigns is your champion. Uh, Roman Reigns is not going anywhere anytime soon. He will. He's the champion now. He'll be the champion come WrestleMania, and he's not going to lose it anytime in between. When he faces The Rock. What, whoever. And it, it's not going to matter. Roman Reigns is going to be the universal champion for probably the next year or two. Rock says he's down at WrestleMania. That's a WrestleMania main event right yeah. there. That is, the, that is the... If they can pull off an actual real WrestleMania by that point... <laughs> missed my WrestleMania in LA this year. Yeah, I know. They can pull it off next year. Roman Reigns and The Rock is a big one. Hopefully, they'll still Finally. have it at SoFi next year. Uh, I've heard them talk about that, but who Fingers knows? Fingers crossed, but what's it going to be? I mean, who knows? Who knows where we'll be at? I don't know. Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Not a triple threat, as we suspected, but no, just Drew and Randy in an ambulance match for the WWE Championship. This is an interesting one. Who do you have here, sir? Randy Orton will win his 14th wow. WWE Championship. Oh. On his way to 16, tying it. An ambulance match is a stipulation that protects Drew, also with, also with a broken jaw. It would be a way to do it and have him not get pinned. It would be a way to do it and have him not get pinned. That's very true. It's very true. Randy has had one of the best years of his career this year. Uh, given the circumstances, oh, yeah. that's amazing. Killing it. Um, he was the star of WrestleMania and the star of the summer outside of Drew McIntyre for obvious reasons. And then you put the two of those guys with all of the energy on a collision course with each other. This is going to be a fantastic match. I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, but I think it's going to be Randy. We need to flip it. We need to flip it to Randy so that Drew fires back up because he's been doing some kind of healy, some healy shit from time to time recently. And I want to see him get back to sort of big strong baby face that comes back after his title. And I think I think this will end up in Hell in a Cell and Drew will win it back. I wonder. Yeah. We got till no, uh, Hell in a Cell's November 1st if I'm if I'm remembering my calendar right so. My only hesitation and the reason I'm picking Drew here is if Drew does win it back at Hell in a Cell then this will negate this. But I think it's a better card to have Drew versus Roman at Survivor Series. Mm than to have Orton versus Roman. I agree with that. I think he'll get it back at Hell in a Cell. The other option, of course, is Keith Lee somehow gets it along the way, and we have Keith Lee versus Roman, finally, after last year's Survivor Series, mm. which would be a nice callback. But I'm taking Drew, which might mean that I might lose one of the rare times that I lose at a pay-per-view and pick I'm taking some. I'm taking some swingers on this one. Uh, but I think Drew retains here. And if Randy, if Randy does get it, then I'm very curious where they're going from here. So yeah, Keith, we'll leave Keith it at that. Keith Lee interference could be interesting here as well. Keith Lee interference could be interesting. Uh, don't turn him heel. No. Don't turn him heel. Don't do it. Don't do it. But what we do need to do, Nick, is talk about all the other wrestling that happened this week. And that means we need to head over and discuss AEW Dynamite.
Late night dynamite. Late night dynamite. Late well, there's two dynamites. Dynamite. Yeah. yeah, dynamite and dynamite. And there was uh, also dark. So there was a dynamite dark dynamite or dark dynamite dynamite. I think is how, actually how it went. We had we, yeah, Buh. we had dark and then we had dynamite. And on both shows we had Ben Carter, who is this new up and coming guy from England, young kid, 22 years old. Uh, had an incredible performance on Dark against Lee Johnson. It was absolutely outstanding match. It's free on YouTube. Go check it out. It is phenomenal. And then he shows up on Late Night Dynamite in the opening match against Scorpio Sky and has another killer match. That's two for two. People immediately online calling for AEW to sign this kid, do something with him, and I'm going to add my name to that number. Kid's sick. Good look. I mean, if he, if you get that guy in there with the talent you have in AEW learning from all of them where he's already at you've got basically you now have your trifecta of this guy MJF and Jungle Boy he's that good Mm. just looking at his first couple of matches throw Will Hobbs in there too well that's a very different story that's the best big boy I'm talking about like smaller flying guys with some style I don't know how the kid can talk but if he's got any kind of mic skills at all they don't really have Jungle Boy promo that much either no so if he's got any kind of uh, mic skills at all yeah, sign this guy. So you had Scorpio Sky, but he finally pulling it out against Ben Carter, as it should be. Scorpio should be winning here and keeping his winning ways. You want to keep him in the upper mid card, keep him relevant. Um, the only downside is, is Ben Carter, this match was recorded uh, back at the beginning of September, and he tested positive for COVID mm. around the time he had this match or shortly after. So since Scorpio has not tested positive, we, can, well, we assume. We haven't seen uh, him recently. No. But that doesn't mean he's not doesn't mean he's not there backstage. So I don't want to assume and speculate on something like that, man. That's- exactly. So we we know of a couple of positive COVID tests in the AEW, Ben Carter and Lance Archer. Yeah. But Lance had nothing to do with wrestling. He went home and a family member got him. A uh, family member had, I guess, gone to the vet with someone else who was positive and uh, in the car. And then Lance caught it from them. But um, the question is, will Ben Carter actually... Did he actually infect anybody else? Was that a problem? Is that a problem that AEW is going to have with him? Did he not follow protocols? Uh, so that might play into it as well. Yeah. We will have to wait and see. Also on Late Night Dynamite, Brandy Rhodes uh, had, a, had a match with Anna Jay, by the way. Had a match. I was, I was rolling my eyes. I'm not going to lie a little bit. I was rolling my eyes at this match. I was like, okay, Brandy's, a, Brandy's still not the greatest wrestler in the world. Anna Jay's a little green. They're going to go out there and have a match with some Boshes and some missed, you know, missed moments and whatever. They went out there and beat the crap out of each other. Yep. They were throwing some elbows. There was some ebos in the grills. Anna's My good. My goodness. Anna is really good. Yeah. Holy crap. Uh, Wait till Chris though, Statlander comes back. <laughs> at the end, Dark Order comes out to, I guess, try to help Anna Jay, but instead what they do is allow her to get kicked in the head by Brandy while the ref was distracted, uh, but the ref took too long getting back Anna was able to kick out and then put Brandy into submission and put her to sleep. Night night. Put her to night night. Um, I like this because it it I like Anna Jay being not only on being the elite, but on TV, one of the more legitimate members of Dark Order. Yeah. That's a good call in terms of how they're letting the personalities in Dark Order settle. Like most of the guys are kind of like dorky goofballs. Right. Then you have the cult leader in 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 Shut the uh, fuck up, Silver. <laughs> him yeah yes you have Brody Lee uh, being the crazy cult leader who's just this big brutal guy who's keeping everyone in line and then you have like lieutenants of his that are more serious than others and some who are really actually 
capable of going out there and winning a match like Anna Jay, and not just on dark, I mean. And on the other side, it also gives her opportunities to get comfortable in these kinds of roles. Um, she's not anonymous and master or any of those, that type of stuff, like 10. So she's in a prominent role where she can be the female adversary for any uh, opponents of Dark Order. So I think it's fantastic. She gets to uh, warm her chops up uh, on the mic, and we've seen her do some stuff ringside. Now this match with Brandy, she's looking fantastic. So uh, all kudos to, to both of these ladies. This was a, I'm going to need you to never say Anna Jay needs to warm her chops ever again, Nick, because when you say it, it's her, really Her mic creepy. chops. Her, her, it's, ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Still creepy. Find another okay. word. Okay. Um, so Scorpio Sky comes out again, this time to save Matt Seidel from a beatdown by, by Sean Spears after their match. Seidel had the edge for most of this match until we had the loaded glove come out. Telly Blanchard loads the glove. Gives it to Sean Spears, and out goes Matt Seidel. Uh, one, two, three, Sean Spears. Who then starts to beat up uh, Matt Seidel until Scorpio comes to save him. Uh, I could be down for a Scorpio Sky-Sean Spears feud, but the problem is both guys need wins to elevate, them, elevate themselves up the card. I'm not sure if Spears should be lying down for anyone right now, and same for Scorpio Sky. So not sure what that was about there. No, no, I, I, I'm wondering why Sean Spears hasn't, like what? What happened to Tully and Sean Spears? Have we just forgotten about that now? Is that done? It's still there. It's just on the lower card, and it's strange. It's strange. I, maybe that's where he wants to be. Because we see Tully maybe. doing the three with FTR now, but yeah, is Sean Spears the fourth? The fourth. That would be interesting. Single, but single in a tag team. <sighs> I could get behind that. Yeah, just just typically you've got four working wrestlers and yeah. then the manager is the fifth. Sure. If you're gonna have a four horseman thing. I don't know. I yeah, I'm I'm still confused about why Spears is where he is in AEW if it's just he doesn't he hasn't come up with any interesting booking for himself or what? I dug I, I yeah. dug the chairman thing. They just didn't give him any Confused? wins. He he lost it all to Cody in the in the feud and it just it never Yeah, were they mad at that. him for were they mad at him for splitting up in the back of the back of Cody's skull? I don't know. Oh, I, I mean, that, you that gave Cody so much, you know, baby face. You fire. asked for a an unprotected chair shot to the head, and you were pissed when you got split open. No, I can't believe that's it. No, so I don't know. It's weird. Let me but catch you up know a little what? bit. I'm way behind. Yeah, let's uh, catch up for uh, sure. from back on SmackDown. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, I, I missed these. Uh, Will James with 100 bits at Bailey using Eddie's heel playbook, especially against Eddie's number one fan in Sasha, is a nice yes. touch. That's a very I like the sitting on the chair. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. good stuff. I good would stuff. love it if she, if it became part of her gimmick to carry around that chair, always trying to get Sasha. That would be a that would be a cool if thing. In their match, she tosses the chair at Sasha, and Sasha catches it, and the ref catches Sasha with it. Yeah, and then Bailey just lays down on the ground, throws that Eddie move at her. I'm marking out. Yeah, no kidding. I'm fully, I'm gonna flip. I, yes, I, so I, Dog Ziggler is very oh, excited about the potential. I said of that. that to Dog Ziggler. He leapt up because he's a big uh, Eddie Mark. Yeah. He's a big Eddie Mark. You know, uh, he's a pit bull. Of course, of he course is. he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hit hit. Ooh, I have trouble with this one. I'm just gonna say Jello. Hit Hitokiri. Hitokiri Jello. Cheered 100 Hitokiri. bits. Uh, thank you, Hito. Uh, it's wild how much talent WWE went Hitokiri, out. Hitokiri. That was Io Shirai's name in Lucha Underground, I believe. Hitokiri. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, it's wild how much talent WWE went out and bought over the years only to not know what to do with it. Yep. It is pretty wild. But that's that was their business model, was let's keep these people from everybody else and we can devalue them before we send them back out if we have control of them. Yeah. It's it's a crazy thing to do with your money. Yeah. That's called having too much money. Agre yeah, totally. Like, we have so much money 
we're going to buy people out of the game. We're going to ruin people's careers and their growth by benching them and hogging them so that they can't go anywhere else and succeed. Crazy. Crazy. Mm. And Dieter, Petty, yeah, yeah. Dieter gifted a tier one sub to Shaquille, 1996. Thank you very much, Dieter. Shaquille, make sure you thank, thank you. Dieter for that gifted sub. And finally, Costanza with 100 bits said to you exactly, no chance in hell. Oh, we've got a dog Ziggler sighting, dog Ziggler ladies sighting. and gentlemen. Dog Ziggler sighting. Oh, boy. Mm. All right, so let's go from late night dynamite to Wednesday night dynamite. Indeed. Um, and let's start off. Let's start off with something that I did not see coming, but I'm so glad that it, it, it happened. Please keep giving Eddie Kingston a microphone. Oh my God! And just, just don't was, script him. Maybe give him a bullet point or two of things you want him to get across, key takeaways. But just <laughs> hand hand him a mic. And they had him cut a promo on a cookie on behind on being the elite. They don't need to give him a damn thing. Let that it, man so, do what he does. Please. As we mentioned, Lance Archer out. He was supposed to be in a three. Uh, sorry, a, a three on three, a six man tag match this week against Moxley. So he's out. He's out for two weeks. At least their match they were going to have was on the 14th of October, I believe. So the anniversary show. So that's still, he's going to be back in time for that. But they had to scupper that, that uh, six-man tag match. From what I understand, they want to try and do it again on the 7th. Uh, we'll see if it actually happens in time. But instead, they needed something to do this week. And so what they did was, remember how Eddie Kingston has been saying, I never got eliminated from the, the Battle Royale. Yep. Well, they were like, you you know what, Eddie? Fine, you're right. Why don't you have a title match at John Moxley? And so out came Eddie Kingston to announce this. Says, don't put, that, don't put that camera on me. Shut off that camera. I'm talking to hard cam only. Love talking it. To hard, I'm talking to everybody Love at home. It. And this guy did. And he didn't blink for the next three minutes <laughs> while he was delivering this promo about how Moxley went off. He, they used to, they came, they were cut from the same cloth. And and Moxley went off to the land of sports entertainment and did a deal with the devil. Yep, sold out. Sold out. And now he wants to come back to the boys. Eddie Kingston's not about it. Mm. Simple, effective, meaningful. Eddie felt it. Great. It's a killer promo. Set up, and, and then he said, called him out. He said, come on out here, sports entertainer. Let's do this. Of course, we had to wait for our main event for it, but out Moxley came. They got each other's face. They got separated, and now I'm, I, I was hype right there for the main event. I'm like, damn, all right. You just built a main event with one promo. Because he can. Boom. That's Boom. the key take. You couldn't do that with anybody else, really. There's it was a the small TNT handful of people that could come it was out the and do same, that. Yeah. It was the same thing that got Eddie booked in the first place, that got him hired in the first place. He did it again. He came out and did it again. Hot fire. He said, Eddie, do that again. He did it. He was, he was able to do it again. 18 years. That's what we'll do for you. Awesome. Wow. Great and a great pivot too, because you made story out of nothing. And then they go and have a match, and it's a slobber knocker. Yep. It's just a brawl. And it's it's the it's it was a very strong style brawl. Two guys standing up and like, give me your best shot. They beat the shit give out of each best, other. They beat the crap out of they, each other. They they knocked Justin Roberts uh, on the, the timekeeper's area. They got over into that, scared the poor lady that was sitting there, the timekeeper, and then Justin Roberts is like cowering, got knocked out of his chair, tables flipped over, the bell goes flying. Good lord. And they just they beat each other down so hard. Uh, they Moxley finally got him into a chokehold. And so here, Eddie Kingston never lost the Battle Royal. He was never eliminated. And he didn't technically lose. The ref called the match. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't. So it was a legitimate, legitimate complaint. 
I, I love this. Uh, this is yeah. this is so much drama. I love it, and and just keep <laughs> keep driving it, Eddie. Keep telling this story because it's going to get you somewhere, man. I love well, it. Well, they got him this match. I think the story's done after this. But this match was this match was great. It was brutal. It was hard hitting. Eddie Kingston has a massive chop. He chopped John Moxley's chest until it was fourteen shades of purple. Until it was Brock Lesnar in in a, in the in a chokehold purple. Mm. Pentagon and Phoenix come out for the beatdown afterwards. Yep. All, all hell breaks loose. Well, I like the finish to this, too, where Moxley doesn't even try to DDT him. He's like, I got to put you to sleep. The yep. DDT's not going to work. Yep. I'm just going to put you to sleep. And he, he puts him in a, in a chokehold and then modifies it into a bulldog chokehold. And Eddie just goes limp. And then, as you said, out come Eddie's boys. Lucha Brothers come out. Uh, and then, you know, just a whole big kerfuffle at the end. Yep. Uh, we even have Darby Allen and Ricky Starks come out. That's interesting because they have a they have a, a match next week, and Starks beats up Darby Allen and stands tall at the end of the show with his music playing. So big moment for Ricky Starks, and it's very cool. Big moment for Big Will Hobbs came out and yes. gave maybe the spinebuster of the century. Uh, uh, dude, good lord! Someone put a, a compilation of Will Hobbs spinebusters online. He he picked uh, was it Phoenix that he gave it to? I think he picked him up, put yes. him into the position, and then he jumps. <laughs> <laughs> he jumps carrying a grown man into a spine buster. Ladies and gentlemen, I think Nick has a new favorite wrestler in Will Hobbs here. You like you, like you some Will Hobbs, I'm, I take I'm, it. I'm a fan. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out. As I said, I think they're going to have the six-man in the future. Um, I think they should. That sounds like a great match. So hopefully we'll get it. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Love it. We also had... A TNT championship match. Orange Cassidy versus Brody Lee. Seems like a bit of an odd matchup. And you see him standing in the ring. And Brody is looks like twice the size of Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy now, I think for most people, the cat's out of the bag. We all know that he can actually go. He's not just some goofball who's in there going to be sloth style. Yeah. But he still starts off a sloth style. And gets his ass beat for most of the match. But... Also, squirrely, unable to get put away, which is also kind of his style, until he's able to sneak in and Brody Lee's guard is down, and he's able to actually get a bit of a rally going. That almost pins him in a couple times, including hitting Brody Lee with an air raid crash, which was nuts. Brody's Weird not thing. small. The fact that Orange Weird Cassidy got see. him up into that it w- is impressive. I actually heard a pop uh, during this match. I don't know if you heard it. It was like it was kind of like a squishy pop I heard off in the distance. Is I probably think one of Jim Cornette's uh, like one of his veins in his forehead actually popping and causing an aneurysm at watching little Orange Cassidy air raid crash big man Brody Lee, and the l- lack of realism in that. Right. <laughs> Orange Cassidy doing a strength spot, but I actually had a lot of fun with this match, even though I have a lot of reservations about using Orange Cassidy at this point. Because I feel like the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. I feel like the gimmick's out there and it's going to get stale really quickly. Like, put the reserve. I know they think right now he's driving uh, ratings, he's driving views, but he's one of those things where the joke's going to get old, the gimmick's going to get old really quickly. Save it. You know what I mean? I, I, would, I would caution and say pump the brakes. Because I already know people that were, you know, were bored of him in this match. Go They're back like, to ah, making him before. the special appearance alongside yeah. the best friends like you were doing originally. Have him jump out of trunks and give people Superman punches. Sure. Fine. Have him just be hanging out under the ring on a ladder. Fine. You know, make him having a match a special thing. Yeah. 
like they did with the, Jericho. The fact that yeah. they had that that match after the the podium, uh, the debates. I, I thought that was fan, that was a fantastic way to build him. And up. especially when you ha- you go from having Orange Cassidy beat Jericho. Now, uh, granted, he beat him by putting him into a a big pool of pee, but it wasn't that he actually that was Tang pinned him. That was Tang. What whatever P and P Tang has been passed through your body and yeah. comes out as P. Yeah, it's Tang P or P Tang. What? P Tang. Tang P. Tang P. Tang P. Anyway, uh, but Orange Cassidy wasn't even the focus of this because at the end of the match he's barely pinned. Brody Lee just murders him with a lariat, discus lariat. Uh, he's barely even pinned, and Cody gives himself a massive entrance to come back in. Big old dramatic, oh, lights out and smoke and lighting, and then his music kicks and there's fireworks and Cody's back. With very, very dramatic. Papa's got a brand new bag. He's in a black suit with black hair. Yes. Got rubbed got shoe polish crazy, all over his head now. Crazy black uh, loafers with uh, sequins all over him. Or is a watch chain which did not hold on long. No. That, that he came out and just destroyed all of Dark Order and chased off Brody Lee, who went in the back. Chased off an interviewer and started and gave actually a sick promo to the camera. Old school. Yeah. Old school. Guys covered in sweat screaming at the camera promo about how Cody's a coward. What kind of man? Are you a man, Cody? What kind of man would allow his brother to go out and take a beating for him? What kind of man would let his woman go out and take a beating for him, for him and post thirst traps online while he's busy hiding somewhere? Are you a man or a coward? How about we have a dog collar match to see who's a real man? Oh, what? Okay. Where where did he get a dog collar from? I don't know. He, he just came out, out of a match, walked straight to the to the to the thing, and, and grabbed a mic. Did Brody he- Lee is the higher power and a mastermind. Nick, you had to know he had that dog collar hidden somewhere in case Cody did come back. You had to know he thought Cody might come back, and he was ready with that dog collar and the big chain in the back. Will James with a hundred bits says, "My chemical Cody." Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. little bit. <laughs> Uh, there was something else he said. I'm just not remembering it right now. That just felt a little weird and awkward. But that I loved the fact that we're going back. You know, in New Japan, they still go back. They do the pressers right after their matches. They walk straight up to the the, you know, yeah, not the red carpet. The area. What are those like things that, called? Yeah, the little the interview area. That's yeah. like the 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 press area. Yeah, and uh, just covered in sweat. Some of them collapsing on the ground. Love it. Yeah, love it. Love so it. So I dug, I dug this. I I loved. I love Brody's speech here. So are um, we back to Cody and Brody? Apparently, but a dog collar match? Mm, that seems sudden. Is that, that like their like version a of a strap pay-per-view. match where you can't get away from away from each other? Uh, yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. The dog collar match. You put on dog collars, you're connected by a chain. Seems like some silly, like something LAX would do or something, you know? Wait, what? I don't know. The dog collar match is a venerable... That goes back years. You saw those in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Okay. Tell me one you've seen in the last 50 years. Well, there's a reason. They're not usually very good. (laughs) No. And that's why I kind of am like... "Eh." Yeah. Maybe they could make it good. But Brody Lee has not looked as dominant as he did against... Like, he trashed Cody, right? He, yeah. he crushed Cody. And he hasn't looked that strong since. Oh, that's what it was. He went, he went in on Brandy, the thirst pick. Thirst photos on Instagram. That's what I was trying to remember. He's calling out Brandy for... All she does is post thirst pics on Instagram. <laughs> I said that. I mentioned that. I, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. And Why? then, you know, just... Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't listen to, you don't listen to me anymore. 
Is this what is this what we come to? No. Friday nights, things get weird. Yep. I'm really tired. It's uh, been a long week. <laughs> see you tomorrow. So we have a dog calling match. I, all right. Wait and wait and see on this one for me. I'm, I'm not going to buy it just yet, yeah. but I, I'm curious where they're going. With this. I'm curious what something out of it being do. a throwback to something from the 50s and 60s. You know, if they had made, you know what, we're going to take it old school because it's time to raise the stakes a little bit. We're going to have ourselves a good old-fashioned dog collar match because that's the only way that this can happen. If they had done something about it rather than just him, Here, here's a dog collar and I'm going to put it on you and I'm going to beat the shit out, out of you. Yeah. It, it, it came out of nowhere. Right. It did come out of nowhere. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm Cody coming back and now he's got dark hair, it just... I don't know. Something something didn't quite click here for me either. Yeah, no. no. But uh, but that being said, it could they maybe they just need to land the plane on it a little bit more. They need to do a little more filling out of this, and I'll come back around in it pretty quickly, probably. They're both fantastic in the ring. Let's and, yeah, and on the mic for that matter. I just I don't know if it's if they should take the title off of Brody just yet. No, he's doing great work with yep. him. Orange Cassidy, uh, however, was not a part of that match anymore. After that, he just got wiped, wiped the floor wiped with him, and then he was gone. Yep. He was gone. Back to wherever Orange Cassidy lives, under the ring on top of a ladder. But someone who did come out to the ring during the show was Miro. Miro had his first match as a tag team with Kip Sabian, and uh, he crushed as Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. How was What did you think of Miro in AEW? I, I loved it. This- it was my first real kind of... Uh, seeing of him because I was on vacation when he debuted and all of that. And I I've seen the segments, the backstage segments, the weightlifting segments with uh, Sabian and Ford and all of that in the back. But I, it was, it was a mirror match. It was a Rusev match. He comes and even Jim Ross calls it the accolade and Excalibur goes, actually it's called the game actually, over now. Yeah. And Jim? Jim like, what? Come you, on, JR. You can't Wake say up. that Jim. <laughs> Sorry. I was too busy looking for Anna J's behind. Uh, uh so, <laughs> so but here's there's a problem. So I just kind of felt like he was there. It didn't wow me. You know, he's just kind of there. He's a really big guy. We all love him because of Rusev, but I don't feel like I feel I like he feel still it. delivers though in the ring. As goofy as the backstage stuff might be, he still delivers. It's not the backstage stuff that's the, that's the problem. It's that this match just was kind of there. There was nothing special about this match. The most special thing about this match, the reason people were talking about it, is because at one point, uh, Miro goes out of the ring and tweaks his ankle, I guess. Um, people were still speculating whether it was kayfabe or not because he sold it a little too well. Yeah. Um, apparently, it was just a tweak, and he's fine, and no one's been saying anything about it. He's not going to miss any time. But then also he dumped Kip Sabian over the railing and it looked like a really nasty fall too. And you could hear Joey Janela asking me if he, if he was okay. Yeah. When people are talking more about the potential injuries in your match than the match itself, and the match itself is mostly a beat down of Sonny Kiss until you finally lock on the game over and you just basically do you know fragments of what got you over in WWE but don't really exhibit anything beyond that, I can't call it a successful match debut. Yeah. You won... You look in great shape. You got he's got traps to the ceiling, but it wasn't a. It didn't feel like a big deal. Debut like match. It should have. Get in there, give him a beat down, and they got that. You know the potential injuries aside, I'm okay with this as a sort of debut match. <sighs> I, I feel bad for Sonny Kiss. I want to see Sonny Kiss go do amazing things and and do well, but I I don't know if you know the vignettes with Joey Janela were fun. 
I wish we had more of those. I wish they kept doing that because Joey desperately needs a reset. And I thought we were going to do something there. It's not like AEW is short on tag teams, so I don't think they need to be a tag team per se. It's helping both of them at this point. They're I getting agree. on TV, more. Gives them on TV do. more. They're doing more. Yeah. yeah. So it's it is helping in that sense. But go make some more vignettes. You know, have have some fun with that. Build a character. Build a story. Tell some background about your like. You had so many opportunities to say do the that. same thing about Miro. You could. You could. Right. Absolutely. He's the best man at Kip Sabian's wedding. That's literally his gimmick right now. I'm a Twitch streamer who is the best man, and I'm going to be a best man at a wedding. <sighs> that's his gimmick. That's that's pretty thin. That is very thin. I'm just saying. What happens when he gets married? Then what does he become? Right. He's still the best man, but he's no longer the best man at someone's wedding. He's just a Twitch streamer who's called the best man. That's not a lot to build a character on. That's that's why I'm I'm saying I'm not happy. I'm not happy with this. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, I was happy with Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa teaming up against Diamante and Evilise. That was a fun match. I was, was pissed. Fast. But not at any of them. Why were you pissed? Good old JR. Oh, no. What did he do? I think he he went over the line this week. And the only reason I'm calling attention to it is because it really pissed me off. More so than anything but the last pay-per-view? What did he say this time? <clears throat> he in, re- in reference to Ivelisse and Diamante coming out to the ring, saying that they're, they're a couple of bad chicks. Uh-huh. He said, and I quote, they ain't going to get up in the morning and cook you breakfast. Maybe I missed it. I'm, I'm, why I, just, I don't know how, happen? I don't know how. It just sounds offensive. <laughs> <laughs> what is As if that's, that's the, a good, that, that's a, as that's if to say, boy. as if to say that that's a woman's place in the world is what I'm getting at. Ah. Well, but he sounds like he's putting them over and saying they're badass chicks. They don't need to do that crap. Mm, there's other ways to do that than to be sexist. Okay. All right. Sorry, All right. JR. Don't don't say that shit. Come uh, on, man. It's better than, than the Ethiopian chicken line that, that Cornette spouted on power. That is true. Time. That is true. Or the Which, one that he said about Anna Jay. Uh, I don't know. Getting yeah, the last or something, review. whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't I don't. mind that. <laughs> God, Jesus. I'll give her a little bit of my barbecue. Yeah, uh, no, that's 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 far, far, far from the worst thing I've heard JR say. That, JR. that sounds like a... That sounds like just, a I think it's the cumulative of all, southern, of all of it that, it, that is starting to get to me at this point. I don't know. I don't know. She's not going to help you tie your shoes. That That's the one thing you know. can say about Diamante and, and Ivelisse, who both have pretty amazing careers behind them. Is that they ain't gonna get up in the morning and cook you breakfast? Just come on. Maybe he's saying they're hardworking. They're gonna go out and wrestle instead. Okay, just, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, let's talk about the match then. Uh, which was it? Uh, honestly, I thought if it was it was great. You could tell Thunder was kind of running most of it. Um, it seemed like they, Eva uh, Lee and Diamante were trying to keep up at a few points. Um, and it ends with Sheeta and uh, Thunder standing tall. And now they're buddies. Great. Here's the thing. Is this the last we see of Thunder Rosa? And if so, then what the heck do, do, do we do with the women's division now? Because we've had a good few weeks. Having Thunder Rosa here has been great for the women's division. Oh, shit. I got to break in. Steven Larson with the raid. Welcome, oh! Raiders. What's Welcome. up? 
Thank you What's for up, the host and the raid. We're getting raided. Damn, boys. Welcome to Busted Welcome, Wide Open. To the Busted Wide Open podcast. <laughs> the Busted Wide Open podcast. Hi. Uh, we are in the middle of, of wrapping up Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa yes. versus Diamante and Eva Lise, uh, which, as I said, great match, but what do we do now at the women's division? Thunder Rosa on her way out, probably not going to stick around and defend her championship, yep. although I think she should. And Hikaru Shida, who does she face now? We've got Nyla Rose waiting around. But is it time to send her against Nyla? I don't know. I feel like they're at a crossroads now that they've done this. Yeah, and, and I feel bad for Diamante and Ivelisse because what do they go do now? Are they, they've got, they won that tournament and they've got these medals that they wear around, but what do they do with them? Is there tag teams that they can go face? Not really. They've established themselves as a force in, in the division. They can both go off and have singles competition in the, in the division with the few women that they have that are, that are competitive you know, and not injured. So... Yeah, you, Britt Baker and Big Swole are still out there somewhere, too. There's stuff to be done. Yeah. But just have no idea where they're going to go next. No idea where we're going to go next with Matt Hardy, either, because he's now accusing Jericho of attacking him, uh, busting up his leg from behind. He remembers there was a guy. He was masked. He had a face covering, hit me with a metal pipe or perhaps a bat. And it's convenient that Jericho showed up a second later with a bat. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt Hardy's in the mm. ring. Private party comes out. Inner Circle comes out. They announced that uh, Sammy Guevara is back from another <laughs> suspension or fake injury or whatever is going on with that kid at the time. <laughs> um, here's what I'm wondering here. We had Isaiah Cassie stand up for Hardy, tell him, to, hey, man, calm down. You're getting a little, little flustered by Jericho here. I'm going to kick his ass next week. Isaiah Cassidy calling out Jericho for next week. But does this end with Matt Hardy and Jericho? Or is there something else going on here? Is the Jericho thing a swerve? And is it ending with somebody else? And I do have, I've got a, I got a suspicion about what's going on here. I'm wondering if this is more to set up private party against um, either LAX, or, uh, uh, P- Proud and Powerful, oh, suit, sorry. Yeah. I, I'm always going to call him LAX. It's, it's hard to let go of that. Um, I'm wondering if that's the motivation here and we see Jericho and Matt Hardy sort of reprise roles as figureheads and they're always there they cut good promos but are there are they're not the ones that are going to be doing a lot of the work i think this was a lot of this was to push private party because i i think they're they need that mic time they need those reps they need uh the matches and all of that stuff to get That's them the to most i've heard isaiah Casty speak at one time right exactly exactly yeah but here's where it gets interesting okay because i don't think chris jericho hit matt hardy you know who I think hit Matt Hardy? Who? MJF. Kenny Omega. No. M- Ken- what? No. I'm, Ken- just, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. What? MJF. He's doing some wily shit right now. Who knows what Kenny's going to do? He's not doing that. All right. But MJF is busy with here without a feud. He just finished up a feud with Mox. He and Jericho are now kind of getting on the same page a little bit. Yeah. I'm just I'm throwing it out there. Yeah. He's I'm looking for a group there. to join. Maybe this was a sort of good faith investment. He's not a fan of Matt Hardy's. We know this. Yes, that's true. I just, Matt, Hart, Matt Hardy and MJF would be a good feud. But he hit him in the leg. Yeah. The only what? thing that MJF has is the ring. So is he going to punch him in the kneecap? That would be a little bit too <laughs> obvious if he was like, Oh, so I got knocked out backstage. He was wearing a face covering, but he hit me with this strange diamond ring that had AEW <laughs> on it. Can't figure out who it is. That's a good no, point. I, yeah, so either MJF is trying to set up Chris Jericho or he's doing a favor for Chris Jericho. Right. But either way, 
I'm way more invested in an MJF-Matt Hardy feud than Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho, two guys who should not have a match together because one of their legs might fall off. Right. So give me that instead. Plus all the possibilities you can have there with private party as well. So that would be more of the swerve I'd like to see here. And I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that. Because we did, like I said, we saw MJF and Jericho kind of mend fences backstage. Why'd you call me a loser? No, I, was, I was talking to this that the limo driver, brilliant. not you. That was one oh of my, my favorite parts of I'm Dynamite. dying to know if they rehearsed that. They, they were so on the same page. It was like watching two, two guys in an acting class who just have their, their improv timing perfectly down. I want to know if they rehearsed it or they just went on and just, okay, hey, at this point, just say it at the same time as me, and okay, let's go for it. Yeah. I want to know how much of that was pre-rehearsed. I don't know if we ever will. That's what oh, I, I mean. Jericho might no. tell us if, if you know, he, he, if, if we I, tweeted if, Well, if I had Jericho right here, that's the first thing I'd ask him is, please, I'm dying to know. That's the first thing you how, would ask him? <laughs> I don't know if Jericho right would now, respond to you at this right point, Right now, in the, in the middle of talking <laughs> about this, Jericho pops up online, and I'm going to be like, hey, so, Chris, we're actually talking about this thing you did with MJF. Right. What, how did you guys prepare for that? Not that I'd believe a word he'd said, because it's Chris Jericho, and he'd probably be like, oh, man, we just, we just walked up to each other right then. We didn't even know what we were going to say. Yeah. And then he's just going to yeah. start singing Bon Jovi for no reason. Right. Right. Or Iron Maiden. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which he, no, which he I, says, I agree. I think MJF Jericho would be an interesting kind of... I want to see more of that. I really liked what I saw. It was one of my favorite things that I saw on Dynamite this week was that that promo with them. So, yeah, more of that, please. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, hopefully more of FTR, actually, too, because there's a way to get them on TV and showcase them against other tag teams instead of having... Proper tag matches like we had with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. They created the 20-minute rule, meaning that they can have matches now with any other tag team. But the match only lasts for 20 minutes. And at 20 minutes, if FTR has not been pinned or submitted, then they automatically win. You have 20 minutes to beat FTR going forward. And their first victims next week will be SCU. So that, I think, is a brilliant idea. Mm. Brilliant. Because it means you can have meaningful tag matches with FTR they don't necessarily have to pin people and they don't have they don't have to worry about being pinned and they can do all kinds of heel stuff to make sure they last 20 minutes here's the problem it's one more rule for them to abuse here's the problem when did tony when did tully blanchard start getting to make everything up and make up all the rules when his boys became the tag champs. Yeah, but that doesn't... just okay just because you can become the tag champions doesn't mean you can start changing it, all of the rules of the entire company like, oh, it's, tag team matches are now going to be 20 minutes. <laughs> With my first order of business, today I decree all tag matches will be 20 minutes instead of 60. You can agree. You can say if you want to sign what? a contract with us. Do you really want to get into kayfabe? Okay, well, let's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, in kayfabe, you see, there's 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 the contracts, and the contracts are handed out to people who want to get the title shots. And on those contracts, FTR can demand what they what stipulations they have on the contract. So, if you want to get a title match with FTR, they can actually demand that you have to face them in a 20 minute match. Sure. Of course, now if you have it on a pay per view, that of course is null and void, and that would be in the contract. Do you really want to get into that? No, we're done. We're good. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I just wanted to Evil. Uh, Tully Blanchard could just make it all up and, and without any other input from the back sure okay I'll go with it I love the I'm idea sure. of, of 20 minute matches though and that that okay. being a thing that they can hype they can pump up on I love it yeah, yeah. good stuff yeah. and and they also got into it with uh, with best friends they called best friends a couple of uh, what was it backyard comedic guys but hey you know you guys just had a nasty street fight last week so we'll we'll face you another time yeah 
and best friends trying to look all serious. Well, fine, we'll just hug each other. Yeah. So you gotta so. give the people what they want. Well, we got Evil Uno and Hangman Page. Don't know if that's what the people wanted, but we got it, and it was good. Evil Uno is massively underrated. I think Agreed. he came out had a good match. But an interesting thing happening with Evil Uno right now is that he is starting to have a conscience, I guess you could say, where he's like, yeah, I don't, I, I, he made all of Dark Order leave the ringside so we could have a straight up match with Kenny. He's starting to exhibit sympathy for Colt Cabana. So, yeah, curious what's happening with Evil Uno. Meanwhile, ha- uh, Kenny Omega's on commentary saying, once again, I'm not getting back into a tag team with Hangman Page. Hangman Page showing he can go out there and be a strong singles competitor. So maybe yeah, Kenny should there again. You know, yeah. You go, buddy. Yeah. But just not with me. Yeah, definitely. So, and finally, Matt Jackson uh, did not super kick Tony Schiavone when he came to the door to interview him. But when Tony Schiavone brought up FTR, he did break Schiavone's phone against the wall. Young Bucks continuing to be dicks, both on BTE and on this show. Uh, so they've gone full heel. Kenny Omega, not. Kenny Omega is still somewhere nebulous, still wondering what's happening with him. But... Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to see the Bucks go fully heel so quickly. I did not expect that. And then also say they want to go after FTR. And I think when we anticipated having an FTR Young Bucks feud, it wasn't going to be heel versus heel. That's an interesting twist. Agreed. And I'm curious what their long-term goal and or plan is there. Yeah. Because that's original. That is. Do, are that's, we are and we, I don't know, I don't know if it's a good thing or not. I don't know how Problem. Here's here's the thing, and I, and I want to give credit to uh, to to Simon for pointing this out. I had not thought about this. The young bucks are go- turning heel, and all of this, all of this, Kenny, young bucks, everything that's happening, all goes all the way back to when Hangman was first sort of being a little bit isolated, and he had a drinking problem. Like you can track the timeline of all of this stuff happening all the way back to Hangman. I think it's fascinating. I think it's absolutely fascinating. And now he's the one that you're sympathetic for. He's the one that you're cheering for. He's the one that is getting over with the audience. Well, I like that we were it's saying amazing last, to me to last winter, that. young bucks are acting like dicks to hangman. Are we supposed to be rooting for the bucks or for hangman? Hangman is kind of acting a bit like a, a dumbass, but the bucks are acting like dicks. And now here we are a year later being like, oh, no, no. Okay, the story was the bucks were dicks all along. Hangman That's was good. right all along. Good long-term storytelling with characters. We all thought so. he was just this, you know, despondent drunk. <laughs> Turns out he was right. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's that too. Yeah. He's that too. Yeah. A lot of things. Yeah. A lot of things happening at AEW, but that's not all. There's also a lot of things happening over on the other brand on Wednesday night. That, of course, would be NXT. Okay. Uh, so, so we're going to start at the end and work our way backwards here? Okay. Um, okay. Gauntlet Eliminator. Gauntlet Eliminator, Bronson Reed, Timothy Thatcher, Cameron Grimes, Kushida, and Kyle O'Reilly. It, Essentially a gauntlet match, four minutes between people coming in. Out first, Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida. Uh, and then I didn't know how badly I wanted to see that. You did. Actually, you did know because back in the day when they first picked up Kushida, we were fantasizing about who That's Kushida right. could face. That's right. And I showed you an old match between Kushida and Kyle O'Reilly, and we both just went, yes. <laughs> and we finally got four minutes of uncut, unfiltered, oh. uncensored Kushida versus Kyle O'Reilly. It was ma- scrumtralescent. Delicious. Oh, my God. The technical grappling that happened in that four minutes. It was nice, and I, didn't even, I don't even think they got out of second gear. 
Oh. <laughs> it was it was awesome. It, they were they were having a nice time in there working each other's limbs. When Bronson Reed came out at number three, and <laughs> the room changed, and the big man started taking over, we had a whole different match uh, until Kushida got taken out by Velveteen Dream, and then Bronson Reed splashed him, and he's out of the match. Yep. Then eventually Timothy Thatcher comes in, and then Cameron Grimes, and we have the full complement, all four of them in the match, facing off against each other. Um, Kyle O'Reilly, the man coming in from the beginning, covered in sweat by this point, Ultimately, Bronson Reed gets taken out. Um, kind of looked like an awkward one. I, th- I know what they were going for. He missed uh, his big splash, and then Kyle O'Reilly came down with a knee on, the ba- on his back and pinned him. Uh, and then we're down to Thatcher, Grimes, and O'Reilly, and it was basically just <laughs> it was a chaotic, full-throttle war at this point. I mean, it was O'Reilly fantastic. was dealing with Thatcher. Grimes snuck in a, a cave-in. And I thought he was done. I thought that I thought well, we were gonna. He, I, I had picked limit, Cameron Grimes to win this in my head. I mean, because that you had Thatcher and O'Reilly working, which they're great together <sighs> as well. But uh, O'Reilly catches Thatcher out and pins him one, two, three. And as Thatcher's protesting, Kyle O'Reilly turns around into the cave and we think he's done. He gets a foot on the rope, so he's still alive. Grimes gives him too long to recover because he thinks he's won. And then we just have like about a two-minute war between the two of them. And Grimes is so underrated as a wrestler. I agree. I, at this point, by the way, I got I to shout him out. Trevor I Lee. Virtually, I have virtually forgotten that Trevor Lee existed because Cameron Grimes is such a great character and he has just gone into it 110%. And he's such an obnoxious, son, loud son of a bitch. He's not like dark and brooding like Trevor Lee often was. This is so, it, it, he's killing it. And he stands out in a, in a major way. But... He goes down here to Kyle O'Reilly. And Kyle O'Reilly is now your number one contender to Finn Balor's NXT Championship. And he's congratulated by Adam Cole. And uh, uh, Bobby Fish is out this week. Adam Cole and Roderick Strong. But still, you get the impression that the Undisputed Era is still, they're still all together, even though Adam Cole is going facey. And it seems like Kyle O'Reilly is kind of going face as well. So does Roderick to an extent. I don't think so. Not based on what's going on with him, uh, with some of the people that were not on the card. This was an interesting show because we do know there was a COVID breakout at NXT, uh, and so they had to make a lot of changes. No words on who that was because of HIPAA. Uh, you cannot release who they are, and if they if they don't out themselves, then we'll never know. And of course, WWE has a policy where you're not supposed to talk about it if you get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we may never know, but we can speculate by who wasn't on the show. Bobby Fish. Uh, Drake Maverick and uh, Killian Dane were on the show. There's a few tag members that were not on the show. But let's let's we we're, we're running a little behind, so let's talk about this really quick. Was O'Reilly the right person to win? Are you ready for the O'Reilly singles push? Oh, I think I literally sent you a text the other night that said I am all in on a Kyle O'Reilly singles run. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm I, I did not know right. how bad I wanted to see Kyle O'Reilly and Kushida and what they delivered in that small amount of time and just him. Being that fight from never giving up, I I never thought I would want to see that. I always kind of liked Red Dragon as just being sort of mean, mean spirited in a way, as we've seen them with Undisputed Era. Yeah, and I I didn't realize how much I was I was missing out on Kyle O'Reilly. I, really good. I'm all in. I'm I, I had in, in the beginning when uh, last week when we heard about the match, I had picked Cameron Grimes. I I picked him to win the the North American Championship. Yep. Right. So I you just keep you keep taking your shot, and one I, of these one days, of these we'll days the it's going to land. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
But yeah, Here's boy thing, from Burlington, though. absolutely. We had we had a little bit of a face off with Kyle and and Champa a week week or two ago, and I don't think Kyle O'Reilly's beating Finn Balor. No, can't wait for the match. But he's not. But then Kyle O'Reilly pivoting and going to Champa is a good look too. Ooh. So wherever uh, O'Reilly ends up, I'm all about him going have a singles yeah. career. Hell yeah. Uh, also, I'll kind of buy Kushida and Velveteen Dream probably having a match, a takeover. I feel like I that really, tainted uh, this match. It taints Kushida to, I think, any, he, Dream's going to taint anybody at this point. Um, and it just, Kushida just cannot catch a damn break. I just hope that he kicks the crap out of Velveteen and then moves on to something else. Yeah. It's the only, the only way this is going to be good. If Velveteen wins, then just Kushida, go back to Japan. Yeah. Just get out of there. You're Hideo Itami number two. Yeah. Uh, Candice LeRae, Nick. Last week, you thought that, of all people, Zia Lee yeah. was going to win I took a shot. the Women's Battle Royale. You took, you took another shot yep. at the moon. Yep. Um, but Candice LeRae was the ultimate winner after just about, about 15 minutes of chaos. You had uh, every woman that was not already kind of in a feud in this, and some that were, plus a whole bunch of women we've never seen before. Gia, Raven, Ellie, Avery, Rita, Emily. I, they mentioned all of them. I have no idea who the hell they are. No. They've never been on TV. They're just kind of hanging out there at the PC. Maybe they'll get on TV at some point. I don't even think they have fully-fledged uh, uh, gimmicks yet. But we also had Casey Catanzaro, Caden Carter, Indy Hartwell, Aaliyah, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, Candice LeRae, uh, Zia Lee, and Rhea Ripley. We were supposed to have Tegan Knox. We did not have Tegan Knox, but because before the match, Candice LeRae destroyed her knee. Again, and the WWE has released that she actually tore her ACL. Again. I really, I swear to God, if this poor girl has actually torn her ACL again, I'm going to cry. Me too. Um, and I know they play fast and loose with injuries on WWE. Sometimes they'll announce them they're not true. And sometimes they announce when they are true. So it's, it's hard to tell. Um. But my, but my God, if she tore another ACL, she needs to stop. Yeah. Someone just needs to, like, she's got two bum wheels as it is. I'm, I'm going to assume it's a work. Let's, until okay. I hear for certainty it's a shoot and she's out, I'm going to assume it's a work. And if it's a work, great. Have her come back for revenge and be like, ha ha, faking, not ACL tear. And great. Because Candice right now has a shot at Io Shirai. Um, excited for that. Can't, for face Candice and heel Io was a, one of the best women's matches in NXT history. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to inverting that. Uh, if Tegan wants to come out and make me stop sweating over her, that would be great, too, if she gets involved <laughs> in the finish. Cool. Um, so now that you know it's going to be Candice, do you think Zaya would have been a better choice, given all the story? No. Okay. Given the history between Candice and, and Io, no. Given the, the Tegan angle and everything else. All that, yeah. Okay. Candace, definitely the right choice here. Yeah. The other, the other major thing to take away from this, aside from Casey Catanzaro trying to one-up uh, <laughs> Kofi Kingston with her antics about not being eliminated, right. finding up some very creative ways to not be eliminated, was uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley. Yeah, they basically had a match out everybody. in the middle of this. <laughs> all those one-name women I mentioned at the beginning of this, they tossed them all out right. between the two of them and then took each other out. Yeah. Can't wait for them. Can't wait for those two. And then Scott then kept the scuffle going outside the ring and oh. had to be separated by 27 officials. Uh, yes. So good. Put it in my eye holes. 
it's I love that in real life they're they're ex roommates or ex roommates ex roommates yeah. and best friends because it means they go ham on each other. They beat the crap out of each other, and I love it because they've practiced, they've worked, they've lived, they've all that stuff together mm-hmm. for years and years. And yeah. it's the the more comfortable you are, the more risk you're willing to take because you trust and it's safe and all of that. It that this is going to be fantastic, guys. Yeah. Another match we're going to be getting a takeover is Johnny Gargano versus uh, Damian Priest for the North American Championship. We had Damian Priest have, I guess, a warm-up match against Austin Theory this week. Austin, coming off of some controversy on the main roster, getting strangely sent back down to NXT and losing a lot, but still getting put over a lot. It's a very weird place for Austin Theory to be right now. Right. And he looked stronger against Damian Priest than he's looked the last couple of weeks where he's essentially been squashed by a few people. But he still lost. He still lost here. Yeah. Well, so, but backstage, uh, he was giving a promo before he came out for the match. Um, and then Johnny Gargano walks up and says, hey, uh, I won't forget it if you soften him up for me. Yeah. Love it. Uh, I'll hook you up. Wink, yeah. wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Johnny Gargano. He's, that's an interesting position to, for him to be in because he's lost a few matches. He's lost a few feuds. He feels... Like less important, less of a big deal than at any time since right after the cruiserweight classic. Is it just me, or does he feel? Does Damian Priest actually feel more important at this time than Johnny Gargano, or is that just novelty bias? I don't think he like, feels what, more important than than Johnny Gargano. I don't. I, I he hasn't gotten there. So he got there when he won the match and then was walking around all cocky with champagne. I'm not talking about Austin Theory. I'm talking about Damian. That's Priest. what I'm talking about too. I I, huh. I think uh, him walking around with champagne, telling Timothy Thatcher to shove it, jumping in the hot tub after his victory, like that kind of cocky swagger. I don't see that anymore. He's back to doing the silly looking bow poles. And oh no, just, he, he told Sarah Schreiber, "I'll see you at the after party with some champagne. I'll see you in the hot tub." I, I hear you, but I'm I still doing it. I still feel like in like these two guys went at it. Like I I enjoyed the yeah. match. Right, all all Same. all critique aside. I really enjoyed the match itself. I liked the the kickouts and that kind of st- the finishes and everything. So I, I I'm not I'm a fan of this. I but I just I'm just not there. I can't get there with Damian <laughs> Priest. I'm struggling. I'm man. there. I I thought he looked like a badass. I'm liking the cocky stuff. Um, yeah. I'm I'm digging face Priest. I'm just Gargano. Just yeah, he feels like toast with no butter on it to me right now. <laughs> Damn. He's just kind of there. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not in it. I'm not on it with uh, Johnny Gargano. Hopefully, I, I hopefully they're going to go out and have a baller match at Takeover. I think they. I can't imagine that they wouldn't. Yeah. Tiny but, little Gargano and six foot eight, however tall he is. But, how, the, six but then I, I don't think Gargano's going to beat him. And then that just kind of underscores how I feel about Gargano. Where I'm like, you're just kind of there. Yeah. You're just kind of there. Uh, also, just kind of there, Tommaso Ciampa, who was just there beating the crap out of Jake Atlas who looked a lot more serious this week than he's ever looked before and actually took it to Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, had some nice viciousness. Almost gave Ciampa one of those uh, wheelbarrow, like into, the, like into the neck underneath the ring things that Tommaso Ciampa gave to him. Uh, slingshot him into the bottom of the ring. But uh, did not able the ref stopped him. And uh, Tommaso ended up beating him down and then you know yelling at him. He, he didn't even pin him the first time. Didn't even pin him. Started yelling, you, you're hungry? You want a piece of me? Great. Here. Here's a, here's a fairy tale ending for you. Boom. One, two, three, you're out. Um, 
So great. Champ established himself as a beefy badass. Atlas looks a little bit better here. I, I just I keep seeing Champa going towards Kyle O'Reilly. I'm looking right past this. I want to take Atlas to do more serious stuff like this and less like I'm really rooting for Drake Maverick. Um, but I don't know. Was there anything else here for you, or was it was that just all there was as well? Yeah. At the end of this match, I just went, "Ow!" Everything looked <laughs> like it hurt in this match. Yeah. Uh, even that fairy tale ending at the end, where he I'd never seen him do this before. He inverted him. He flipped him over in the middle of the move. Mm. Uh, and I wasn't sure whether that was a bot, oh. like a, almost a botch where his arm slipped out from under modified underhook. Modified. Oh, it was a modified, modified fairy tale ending. Modified. Oh, okay, yeah, yes. yeah, all right. Modified. It still looked more gnarly. It, it was good. So yeah, this whole match. Ow! I can get William Regal to explain it to you if you don't understand it. Okay, it's, okay, that's fine. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> you see, when the forehead strikes the floor, it actually is more of an impact on the cranial abscess, which makes it so there's more of a dangerous move when you invert it, like. Anyway, okay, Taz. Uh, Fandango ha- had a weird Sherlock Holmes gimmick thing where he was putting together it's who's going to face him next Sherlock on the Dango. Tag Team Division. Sherlock Dango. Yeah. And, and good old William Regal uh, would have yelled at me for the British accent I just gave, yelled at Fandango for doing a British accent. And when Fandango tried to explain to him how the tag team number one contendership was going to work, Regal didn't understand it, neither did any of us. But luckily, Danny Birch came over and whispered a couple of British things into William Regal's ear, and William Regal, oh, yeah, I get it, okay, Oh, cool. that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, t- he explained uh, it in British it, slang, proper British yeah. slang. Uh, but what it ended up being was you had four members, four individual members for four tag teams, teaming up in two tag teams, and whichever tag teams, whichever tag team of singles from tag teams won, those two tag teams would face at some future date. The winner of that match would then go on to face Fandango and and Tyler Breeze. Okay, okay. This this thing very this whole thing made my head explode a little bit. Very convoluted, yeah. but at the same time, kind of fun. You had Danny Birch teaming up with Roderick Strong. You had Raúl Mendoza teaming up with Fabian Eichner from Imperium. Uh, yeah, this is we- where when I said earlier Roderick Strong was even working face a little bit. I mean, I meant in reference to this match that happened earlier in the night. Yeah, I guess only I think by proxy of Danny Birch. Sure. Or by but, proxy uh, of being against Eichner and Mendoza. <laughs> who are just they're they're heels. heel as heels gets. Heels. You know? Uh but yeah, you ended up having Danny Birch and uh, Roderick Strong go on to win, which means Undisputed Era and uh uh the one twos, the Brit and Brawlers, Birch and Lorkin will be facing them again. Uh they had a killer match at takeover. The one where the Brit and Brawlers came out and everyone booed him because they were uh, Undisputed Era was so over. And by the end of the match, they gave him a standing ovation. That's how good the match was. But does are these the two most uninteresting teams to face off with with Dango and, and Breeze? Mm. Mm. Like who else would Eric, you have? Well, we've we've kind of seen. Yeah, we've done Imperium. That's that's not interesting. We've done Obviously, Imperium. I would I would love to see. Maybe yeah, maybe it's too early for Legato de Fantasma. But doesn't that underline how? Thin the tag division is in NXT right now. You mean El Gato de Fantasma? I'm kidding. Yeah, thank you, Fandango. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I do think I do think it, w- it should be Legato. I would love to see Raúl Mendoza and Joaquin Wild go after go after him. Absolutely. But it, but I, and then I you've got Santos win. Escobar, cruiserweight champion, alongside potentially the tag team champions. Yes, I want Legato de Fantasma to be draped in gold, but might be too early to do it right now. Sure. You, you, I think you want uh, Breezango to have those titles a little bit longer. So maybe it's Birch and Lorcan first. I don't know. Yeah. 
This it's all this is all very weird. Yeah. What's not weird is Ridge Holland. He's not weird. That is an absolute unit of a human being. That Britt Lesnar. Yes. Uh, they they had a video promo for him showing uh, his all his rugby teams. background. He's a he's a Ugh. proper Leeds lad that with with God. playing rugby. That is it. If you put the mask on him, it would look like Tom Hardy and and Bane. He it would is, make Tom Hardy look like a young boy as Bane. I'm sorry. Tom Hardy, he, he can get strapping. This guy is a house. One of my best friends is actually from Leeds, from Yorkshire. And I, he, he, he's never watched wrestling. Like, I've talked to him about it from time to time, but he's, he's mm-hmm. one of those that's just like, yeah, 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 whatever. I, I showed him Ridge Holland, and he marked the hell out. <laughs> the, that's a big... That's, that's a, I can't say Probably it on. Like, I can't say it on air what he said, but yeah. <laughs> that's, a, well, the, that's a big. The, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Just wait until Vince gets a look at this guy. I, I hope Vince doesn't change his entrance theme. It, it slays. It's so good. It's so good. I love so the yeah, hat, Rich came out. The vet. Everything. Murdered some, murdered some poor scrawny guy. Headbutted him in the corner until it just. Oh my god. Twenty-seven times. Jesus. I'm surprised he didn't pull a glass bottle out and glass him, you know. It, he's it, it's like if you took if you took a Brahma bull, not like the rock, but an actual bull and put it into a human like if it got like changed into a human, you know what I mean, by like Cinderella like like the fairy godmother changed him into a a human. Right. That's what like she changed a bull into the into a human and here you go. This is what you'd get. God. Dream uh, dream dream match Ridge Holland versus Will Hobbs. Nick Nick likes big men slapping big meat for those of you here hi welcome Raiders for those of you here from going in raw thank you for joining us first of all but uh, I like the big boys I I like big boys doing big boy things so yeah he likes steaks he (laughs) likes steaks of men Uh, like the men to be big and steaky (laughs) put some A1 on that boy and put him on my plate he's big and thick and steaky Mm. (laughs) prime rib Medium rare. Ridge Holland, a year from now, could be. I could see being NXT champion. Built. I could see him doing. I could see him doing. I could see them absolutely strapping it, like putting the rockets on him. Absolutely. He. It, it's just a matter of him having enough time in the ring. Yeah. They got to do enough with him in the ring, um, so that he knows what he's doing. When they invest enough to do a background video package to show your like history of playing rugby and all of that, that me that tells me that translates into they've got eyes on him. They they know what they've right. got. He's got an athletic history. He's got the gimmick. He's got to make sure again. He's not going to go out there and injure people like Johnny Gargano. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's really the only thing you have to do yeah. is make sure that he's working safe and then just let him go. Uh, he can talk. It's a total package. Yeah. Like I said, don't let Vince see him. <laughs> it's like you let Vince see him. He's <laughs> mine. He's mine. Damn it. So. So that was NXT. Uh, overall, a pretty solid show, building towards Takeover here. A um, couple, couple more little things. I just, I thought it was interesting how COVID kind of affected the show. We had some really odd booking on the show. Some strange people in strange places. Uh, no Wade Barrett either uh, this week, which was mm, odd. Okay. But Tom Phillips and, uh, oh, sorry, Vic Joseph or was it Tom Phillips? I can't tell them apart anymore. Vic Joseph and, and Beth Phoenix. Um. And then finally, there was a little segment where there was, I, it's hard to describe, but it was a promo packet for someone returning. And it looked like a video game. It was all in like night vision, green. And then you had a camera or maybe a drone 
above someone who was walking around, and they, it was like a shadowy figure dressed in kind of an outlandish outfit. It looked like you were in like a third-person video game. Yeah. And um, they said that they were going to reclaim their old NXT championships because the new paper champions aren't worthy. So, Nick, speculation on uh, who this could be, who's coming back? I have no idea. Because I've narrowed it down to two people. Oh, I'm listening. Let's hear it. So because of the references to former NXT championships and the fact this person broke into a glass case to take an NXT championship, um, it made me think this was a former champion. It seemed to be fairly obvious that it was indicating it was a former champion. There was somebody who's done that previously as well, that very thing. Mm-hmm. They, they, called him, they called him the Kingslayer. Right, Seth Rollins. He did on a he did on a commercial. That was but, that was the whole thing of him going up against Triple H, right? So except that I, it sounds like someone's coming back to NXT full time, and I don't think Seth's come back to NXT. Mm. There are only two former champions I could see who could conceivably come back to NXT at this point, who are either either they're they are not doing anything on the main roster, uh, or we think they might be you know in limbo. And those two people are Ember Moon who I think is the second most likely because she might be injured permanently. But, of course, that could just be a work. And now's around the time when she was supposed to be healthy again. And the person was wearing an outlandish outfit, which could have been an Ember Moon outfit. Uh, the other option is a completely repackaged, completely and utterly repackaged Bo Dallas, who oh. is not fired. He was not let go, along with his tag team partner on the B team. He is still employed with the company. And if he and his brother sat down and came up with a bizarre new character for him to come back to NXT with, you might have a lot of people's attention. That didn't even cross my radar. Like, holy smokes, but yes. First of all, Bo Dallas is a phenomenal wrestler. I, I, yeah. I really enjoy him in the ring. Uh, I'm not sure if I got into the Bo Leave stuff as much as some people. That was a that was bizarre. It was, was weird. Those, yeah, that was a classic example of NXT being called up and being given bizarre gimmicks. Yeah, uh, but you give me proper Bo Dallas that's just going to come out and whoop ass, Wreck, like ass kicking Bo Dallas like he was in NXT. Yes, yep. please. Yep. <laughs> the only other option is Bobby Roode, and I can't see him having a bizarre gimmick like this. Kevin Owens just so out is of, another one that uh, crossed my mind. Too slim for Kevin Owens, and he's doing stuff on the main roster. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Really, I really, I, I think Ember or uh, or Bo Dallas. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. But it, it could be someone completely different who was never an NXT champion. That's true. And that's just a swerve. It's just a way to throw us off the scent. I don't know. That's just my speculations. And that is NXT, Nick. That's the whole show, and that's all the wrestling that we watched this week. Whew! That was a lot of stuff, and I have to say, Nick, all of it very good. Yeah, well, lots again, of good stuff this week, this week. Two weeks in a row mm. of like of uh, really good packed week, except for that raw. Whatever the hell that, that was raw. not. That was not Raw's raw on Monday painful. night. That was something raw. else. Uh, oh. Like I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm butters. I feel like I'm butters. Are you still in the chat? I feel like I'm butters when I'm watching Raw. It's so apocalyptically, abysmally bad. And 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 anyone who's in the raid who's still hanging out, if you want to see us go off and get salty, go watch our Monday night Raw uh, recap for the, the just the last episode we did before this. Uh, we basically just rip it apart for an hour and a half, and it's not pretty. We're yeah. we're pretty upset. Um, but thank God these three shows were actually good. They were very fun watching. And the fact that we went straight into this show after watching that Roman Reigns bit with Jey Uso, just phenomenal. But Nick, 
before we get too positive here, of course. Oh, but, <laughs> God forbid, right? Well, no, we should actually wait and save that positivity for a little segment we like to call on our way out of here, the moment of positivity. Mop. That's right. The mop. The moment of positivity. Like I was just saying, it's the time at the end of the show where we talk about something that happened in the last few days of wrestling that put a smile on our faces, warmth in our hearts, fuzziness in our tummies, something that made us happy. We want to share it with you. So on the way out of the show today, you leave feeling up, feeling happy, feeling positive as a, you know, a little palate cleanser after any kind of negativity or con- stuff we had on the show that was less than positive. So, Nick, what was your moment of positivity? I am spoiled for choice this week. There were a lot of mm. big boys doing big boy things. That right um, there. I am torn between Ridge Holland headbutting somebody to death 27 times in a corner and Will Hobbs spine-bustering somebody <laughs> from Mars. Like I, I, Those two are easily my my top two moments because I, I, there are moments when I jump up out of my chair and just go, Oh! <laughs> Those were those both happened this week with those two guys. So definitely, will the good showing of Will Hobbs and uh, and Ridge Holland this week as the two new big boys in town across AEW and NXT. What about you, Surrey and Dangerous? I I had to know that you were going to like the big sweaty mans. <laughs> Nick <laughs> likes them big and sweaty and all slapping. that meat in the ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Knew that was going to be your. I, I honestly, it's funny because there was there was a lot of good stuff on. I I, I could have easily picked Kushida and Kyle O'Reilly. Finally, getting in the ring together in NXT, and any other week I would have picked that. I've yeah. been waiting for that since they signed Kushida. Give me that. I could have picked the, the Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley, two big ladies knocking the crap out of each other. I'm always down for that. There was a bunch of good stuff on uh, on Dynamite. Eddie Kingston coming out and having a slobber to the slaps he was throwing on Moxley. But I've got to say, holy shit, Roman Reigns. Mm. Roman Reigns kneeling over Jay Uso and yelling and putting I put I put I put food on both of our family's plates. Just everything, everything Jay Uso and Roman Reigns on SmackDown was phenomenal. It was fantastic. Mm. It was riveting. I couldn't tear my eyes away. I was locked on the screen. It was the kind of high drama that we so rarely get perfectly done in wrestling and it was perfectly done everything from the the video package to the look on roman's face at the different points in all of this the look on jay's face the things they were saying how they were saying them the the real emotions that you felt it was outstanding i'll even plus one you on that on all of that and say that it really started going all the way back to the fiend graphics and the alexa bliss and lacey evans match before it and that, Alexa, I'm not even in, yeah. I know, but I mean, the, 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 the continuity is what I wanted to sure. get at there from uh, Alexa Bliss, Sister Abigail, and Lacey Evans outside the ring, all the way to her walking up the ramp and giving that look into the camera and then staring at Roman Reigns as he came. Like that whole thing was just wow. It was good. But my, my moment of positivity was holy shit, they're making me excited. Not just want to see him, but excited to see Roman Reigns. Yeah. Damn. That is who I mean, to thunk that it. Was, if you guys have been here for years now, you know who to thunk it. <laughs> that was you a couple weeks ago when he came out and Paul cut that whole promo on him. You were like, "Dude, I'm down with Roman Reigns now." Right? That's my moment of positivity. And I was like, oh, rah, 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 "Wait and see." Damn it! I I waited two weeks and I'm seeing. Yep, I'm seeing the light. 
Moment of positivity. Love Roman it. Reigns. God damn, what is this world coming to? <laughs> no more I'm so bored with Roman Reigns songs no, right I now, can't right? No, I'm not. I'm not bored with Roman Reigns anymore. <laughs> I'm not. I'm so entertained by Roman Reigns. Ah! Oh, what? Man. What is happening? Oh, I love cats it. Cats and dogs living together. Mass, Mass hysteria. hysteria. Indeed. Well, there's uh, our show, ladies and gents. A big shout-out to all the Raiders coming in from going in raw. Much love to Steven Larson. Love you guys. Yes. Thanks for, thanks Thank for the host you, Raiders and for the for raid. Thank you, Raiders, for hanging out. Thank you, Steven uh, Larson. Uh, welcome to the channel, going Raiders, as well. Uh, if you'd li like to know more about us, you can follow us over at Twitter and Instagram, at BWO Podcast. Uh, we do have a very active and lively Discord that goes on all throughout the week. We're going to be live chatting during Clash of Champions on Sunday. Plus, we yeah. have uh, live chats that happen all throughout the week for all the regular shows as well. You can find links to that in the panels down below. Make sure you jump in because they're a lot of fun, especially the pay-per-view chats. Um, also, we have a very lively Facebook group. Come over and find us on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Like our page. Send us a join request to get into the group over there. Subscribe to us over on YouTube at youtube.com slash Busted Wide Open. And of course, if you'd like to get in on some of our exclusives, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. We can get copies of the show notes, uh, copies of the audio-only version of the show. You can get bonus episodes, Skype calls with myself and Sir Ian Dangerous, all kinds of good stuff over there at patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! But somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com